Blog Talk Radio. Boxing, 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 boxing. You tuned into Outsiders Boxing Podcast, where they only gonna give you the realest talking. Boxing, boxing. Boxing, boxing, boxing. Outsiders Boxing Podcast coming at you in full effect like we like to do each and every Wednesday about that 9 p.m. Central time. You know, we haven't been giving you anything these last couple of weeks. Well, I say that, haven't been doing anything on a Wednesday. But if you heard our show last Sunday, hosted by the host with the most, RC, you notice it was titled Boxing is Back. And if you look at the title today, it's the same title, Boxing is Back, except this time there's a few question marks behind it. Is boxing back? The question. We had a new look boxing last night. Um, Tuesday night fights. Looks like we'll be getting Tuesday and Thursday night fights for the next couple of weeks, uh, brought to you by Top Rank and ESPN. But, you know, was it a good look? No crowds, no fans. You know, they're in the studio instead of an arena or a hall or, you know, a stadium or anything like that. So, yeah, we're going to talk about that see exactly how the team felt about this new look. And, of course, we're going to talk about the card. Stevenson, one of the next top dogs, you know, one of the young, hungry lions coming up in the boxing game right now. Had a nice little stoppage of some guy nobody's ever heard of. We're going to talk a little bit about the undercard, um, a bunch of, TKOs and a guy with the George Jefferson haircut with a ponytail. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Eddie Hearn made an announcement about the Joshua Bradley, I mean, Joshua Joshua Fury fight. Talk a little about that. And also, you know, two of my favorite guys when it comes to commentating, Andre Ward and Tim Bradley had a little something to say about the state of the union when it comes to, you know, America and what's going on right now with George Floyd. And also at the end of the day, last thing we talked about, we got Jesse Magdaleno uh, fighting Yanifil Vincente, somebody I've never heard of, but it looks like he's, looks like Magdaleno is on his way up to junior lightweight, same as Shakur Stevenson. Um, so let's go ahead and get this party started. The question of the question of the day is, is boxing barely, barely, she said it right. It's barely back. Cause what we saw last night 
uh, you know, I, I don't really know a lot about it. Um, I was spilling it sort of, but, but before we get, before we get into what I thought, let's go ahead and take it to the team, to the family. First off, we're going to take it to my main man, the host with the most, the host of the Sunday show, the main show, which is usually our recap show, but this week, next couple of, well, I guess we'll have a recap on next Sunday because there's a fight Thursday. But, you know, it's a little strange right here. It's coronavirus time. Um, like Cardi B likes to say. Guess what, bitch? <laughs> coronavirus! Coronavirus! Shit is getting real. So let's take it out there to, to my man, like I said before, the host of the, with the most. The guy with the gift of gab. My man, R.C. R.C., what's popping, man? Hey, Willie, what's going on, man? Um, I'm just chilling here at the crib. Uh, you know, still getting over this uh, Michaela Mayer testing positive for COVID-19, but everything's all right other than that. You know, just kicking back on this Wednesday, not a whole lot much going on, but positive vibes and prayers being sent out that way. Yeah, Michaela Mayer. Yeah, shout out to her. She had to step away from the fight last minute. You know, tough for her. That's two fights in a row she didn't fight. First, because of coronavirus. Second, coronavirus. So, you know, I know that's tough for her. I know RC, even I was looking forward to seeing what she had, man, seeing if she can make that next step to become a world champion. But uh, we've got a oldie but a goodie on the line today one of the cats from the old show, one of the guys I got a lot of respect for, except for when he texted me not too long ago and said that he had Kovalev over. I forgot what he said. I think he said he had Kovalev over Canelo. <laughs> But with that being said, man, we're going to take it to my man, Dr. Make sure you put that doctor on it. Dr. MCH. Yeah. MCH, man. Damon Wilson. Hey, man, it's good to hear from you, Damon Wilson. It's a pleasure to be on again, RC. It's good to speak to you for the first time, RC. Uh, I I heard you, you know, talk about me a few times, man. You reached out to me a long time ago, way back in the OTG days, and I appreciated that, man. I did see that, and I appreciated that. There was some time Mm -hmm. that passed in between there, and I spoke to my boy Nino. And uh, I don't think you, you know, you you might not have understood that that whole conversation there, but uh, there was some dudes from the past, man, some true blue dudes, Nino Chellick being one. Janelle Parkinson being one, never lost touch, never lost contact. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, we've just been keeping it going. You guys have been keeping it going, picked up the legacy. And I'm actually glad, I'm happy that you guys have the legacy now, that you guys have the mantle. And I'm proud of you guys carrying it forward. I'm happy to talk boxing. Uh, the coronavirus time is all, has given me some free time, as has given everyone else. And uh, hopefully we can just keep on making this a regular thing. Definitely, man. We would definitely love that, man. We uh, 
if you talk to Janelle, let us let them know we still we still looking out for him. We lost contact with Janelle about I don't know, it's been a couple of months. I don't know if he's mad at us or if he's uh you know, if he's you know, doing something else, but if you talk to Janelle, tell him to holler at his boys. I will reach yeah. out, bro. Yeah, definitely, but, man. Pleasure's uh pleasure's mine also. MCH always been a fan overcoming from that old OTG days and it's nice that we all kind of still uh, be able to have this reach out for each other and go back in the days. I know, man, it's going from listening to you guys at first to even before getting together with the rest of the team. Uh, it's been a long way, so we came a long way. It's you know, a pleasure to have you on here with us, bro. I appreciate that. Most definitely, most definitely. Now, let's go ahead and get into the topics real quick. And before before we talk about the actual fight card, uh, I wanted to get everybody's thoughts on how they felt about, you know, boxing's first card since I think it was March 13th, which was supposed to be Shakur Stevenson fight um, when the coronavirus shut everything down. But this was the first fight that came out, and it had that WWE, that other one, AEW feel, where they were just in the studio. There was no fans, <laughs> no fans at all. Um, and everything was, everything was, it was fresh and new to me. You know, I thought for a second that when it came down to that, no fans that, you know, I know the UFC has been doing it and they've been doing it sort of well the last couple of weeks, every, every weekend, they seem to be giving us something to watch. And, you know, I'm usually, well, you know, I, I lie and say that I'm not a UFC fan, but low key, very, 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 oh. very low key. I watch pretty much all the UFC fights, especially since it's free on that VIP box, but that's that's neither here nor there. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I was wondering how it was going to go when it came to these fights without the crowd, you know. Um, and I was presently surprised. Now, the fights, you know, were low-key. I mean, the fights, not low-key, they were – pretty much trash and we'll talk talk more about that but the visuals um the way they had it you know the the screens on each like each corner up high on the ring the you know everything it, it felt good i enjoyed it um it if it was a better fight i think i would enjoy i would enjoy it more but it didn't let me down at all the the visuals what they gave us you know the production of these fights um I thought they did a great job. No fans, no problem, I think. I thought it was good. We got to hear, got to hear a lot, got to hear those sudden shots, especially from Shakur Stevenson beating the hell out of that guy. But we got to hear those sudden shots, man. We got to hear the breaks. We got to hear the guys talking, um, talking to the ref. We got to hear everything, man. I enjoyed it. And it, and it didn't deter me at all from enjoying the fights as much as they could be fought, man. So I think they did a good job, top-ranked ESPN. I give them an A-plus when it comes to the visual effect. Boxing without a crowd, I think it could be done. You know, I don't know about the other sports. I don't know about basketball. I don't know about football. But I know fighting, you know, UFC has showed us that. And boxing, it did a great job, especially in wrestling. We can't forget wrestling has showed us that also. And they had that little wrestling feel in the studio. Looked pretty good. I enjoyed it, man. What do you think about it, RC? 
Well, I wasn't as much thrown off as it would have seemed to be if you were to ask me what it would be like to watch boxing without fans in attendance, you know, a couple months back post uh, this pandemic or, uh, you know, pre-pandemic time. But um, the, the field tour wasn't bad at all, man. I liked the, the production, as you said, was great. It had um, great picture effects and all that good stuff. Um, a little awkward sometimes with the, you know, post-fight interviews being a little standoffish and whatnot and stuff like that, the ring announcer, uh, just a few different things. But, I mean, I liked it, man. It was cool. I was watching um, from the start of it, and, uh, you know, I was entertained as much as um, as anything. And there's always the pros and cons. I mean, it could be taken out of either way for what the no fans like the effect with the sound and um, things that it does for fighters. We spoke about this last week, Will, and, um, you know, it's a, it's a different field, but, you know, I'm all for it for now. Um, these are some times to be alive in. So, looking at the way it is right now, uh, I wasn't thrown off at all. Um, in fact, I was uh, pretty amused throughout the entirety of, the entirety of it all. Yeah, most definitely. I think they, like I said, I think they did an excellent job with it. It looked tremendous. Um, they kept it, you know, they kept it tight. So, you didn't really get to see outside and, um, you know, it was a little strange, like you said, with the the interviews going down behind the scenes. But you know, I could take that it's boxing. Uh, you know, as long as we, as long as they're doing that, as long as it all looks like that, and that's top rank ESPN. You know, the zone, they'll probably do a good job. You know, Showtime, PBC. You know, I think they'll all do a good job. I think top rank and ESPN, they laid down the foundation. Um, and uh, I, I'm ready for it, man. I'm ready for more fights. Like I said, ESPN, I didn't know this, but they said they're going to be having fights on Tuesday and Thursday for the next couple of weeks and the fight on Saturday coming up leading into the Joshua Pulev fight if if that goes down, man. So let's take it to MCH. I think we got another old-time favorite on the line, but before we get to him, let's take it to MCH. MCH, were you able to check out the fights last night, man, and how did you feel about the just the whole uh, – the the visuals that they had going on last night, boxing with no fans. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. I, I think it was great. I think it was a great comeback. To take it all the way back to the beginning of what you said, it kind of started with the UFC. And I kind of respect Dana White for what he did. He was, you know, one of the first guys to get out there when guys like Bob Arum and Eddie Hearn were sort of criticizing him, you know what I'm saying, and trying to hate on what he was doing. Really, I think Bob Arum was just more jealous of the fact that Dana White was going to be able to move faster than him. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of like you, man. Uh, like, I'm not a real big-time UFC fan, but for different reasons. Now, uh, I actually have a, a full-contact MMA title that I won in 1999. And uh, the reason why I got involved in that is because the gym that we have here in Charleston, I live in a, a small state in West Virginia, the gym that I had in Charleston had no boxing gyms. Only gyms that we had was, you know, a kickboxing, boxing, you know, it was a mix, kickboxing, boxing, and jiu-jitsu. So we did that back in the early UFC days when Hoyce Gracie was the man. So uh, I had an opportunity to do that. Eventually, you know, the Golden Gloves came to Charleston and amateur boxing came to Charleston, so I had an opportunity to do that. But the reason why I feel the way I do, the reason why I like boxing so much more as a sport than MMA is because MMA, there's so much room to get lucky. You can hit a guy with a knee or, you know, uh, catch a guy with an elbow, split his head open. There's, there's so much room to get lucky. 
uh, there's no farm system in UFC. So you can, you can, you know, go into an MMA gym and in one year you can be ready to fight a world champion. Whereas in boxing, there's a big time farm. Some kids start out when they're, you know, eight, nine, 10 years old, they fight amateur their entire life. And at 18, 19, 20 years old, then they go pro. So it's much less likely that someone is going to train for a year and then step up and beat one of these guys. So, uh, I think, um, I think the sport of boxing is a little, a little bit of a better sport in that aspect. But uh, I, I appreciated uh, Dana White. You know, he got out there. He kind of set the blueprint. He did an excellent job. He made me a little more of a fan than I've ever been. I don't think I'm going to continuously just keep consuming the UFC unless that's the only continues to be one of the only products out there. But uh, he definitely set the blueprint. And I'll say this. I actually liked – the production of the top rank a little bit better. Um, and it might have something with, to do with what you were saying, Damon, you know, uh, the analysis from Tim Bradley and Andre Ward and, you know, uh, how they built up the fighters. One thing I noticed is that UFC, whether you know the fighters or not, they give you these little venuettes about the fighters before the fight that get me excited to see these fights. I've never seen these guys before. And I've never noticed that before in boxing. You know, they've, they've never really done a good job. I all know the guys and still not care about them, even after the buildups, you know, uh, during the show. But um, they've gotten a little bit better than that. And uh, I definitely appreciated the show. I'll say this. The fights on the UFC were better than the fights on the top rank. But I definitely did. You know, I feel like I enjoyed them both just the same. I feel like uh, Shakur Stevenson put on another spectacular performance, and uh, we'll talk talk more about it. But I definitely enjoyed the boxing. I will definitely enjoy it tomorrow night as well. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Let's go ahead and take it to another one of the OGs of the uh, OTG scene. Take it out there to the 843 to my man D, who happens to be on today. D, what's going on, brother? Yeah. How's it going? Oh man, what's that? Seems like it's been forever since since we spoke, man. What's yeah, good man, with y'all? Check... We... Everybody's doing good. Everybody's doing good, right. bro. Were you able to check out the, uh, <laughs> so the fights last night? <laughs> yeah, I watch. I watch. It was a good. Hey, I'm happy at this point to see any kind of boxing, man. And I'm sure everybody else. He's on the same page with that right there. I'm ready to see anything, man. And uh yeah, that was that was good to see. I was happy. So you were cool without the without the fans in there? Did it give you did it give you a good feel? Did you think they did a good job on production last night? No. No, you're never cool with that kind of shit, but uh hey. Something is better than nothing. Uh you want you want fans there, man. You wanna hear it. You wanna hear the people yelling and you know, you want that, but I'll settle for this though. You know, it was it was good for me. You know? Yeah, I think I think we all agree, man. Being boxing enthusiasts as we are, man, I think we all agree that we, uh, you know, it's good to have boxing back. I got that in uh, air quotes because, like I said, the fights. You know, I know uh, MCA said he enjoys these fights better than the, the UFC fights. Uh, I didn't, I don't think I caught, I didn't catch the last fight, the Wood, the Woodley fight, but these fights were pretty much, uh, were pretty much all trash, all showcases, man. But 
I did enjoy it for some reason, man. So let's go ahead and take it. Let's go ahead and talk mm-hmm. about the actual fights. Starting off with Shakur Stevenson and his six-round stoppage of Felix Carabayo uh, with the excellent uh, sweet pea right to the gut that stopped it. Uh, it was a TKO, I believe. Uh, it was no count. A uh, ref just waved it off. Um, but before we take it to the fan, before we talk about it, let's hear what Shakur Stevenson had to say after the fight in the way, way back. Ladies and gentlemen, referee Tony Weeks calls a stop to this bout at one minute, 31 seconds of round number six. Declaring the winner by technical knockout from Newark, New Jersey, Shakur Stevenson! First main event as boxing returns, Shakur Stevenson, the smile right there, and it hasn't been all fun and games. You hurt your left hand, uh, but you still finished him with that left hand in the sixth round. Walk me through how you were able to push through. I mean, um, I came here to get him out of there. My mindset was focused on getting him out of there. I hit him with everything I could early. I wobbled him a bunch of times. He took a lot of punishment, and I started realizing that the, the headshots wasn't going to get him out of there, so I started going to the body more. So then I started looking this way and looking this way. And then he opened up wide, and I caught him in between his points. I caught him right in the middle of the shot. So you finish him with the left hook to the body, the solar plexus. You drop him with the right hook to the body in the first round. And you told me that you got probably hit more or you felt that you got hit more than uh, in any fight. I just looked at the country box numbers. You got hit with four jabs and eight and 14 power punches. That's 18 punches. For you, that's a lot? I felt like it was a lot. Uh, in, in there, I, got, I felt like I got hit with a couple of shots that I remember, so... It was light shots, like little jabs out of nowhere. And I'm like, damn, how he hit me with that? But um, it felt like he hit me more than what, what I actually got hit with. What was different about this fight week, apart from absolutely everything? I mean, it's a different atmosphere. Um, the, the losing the weight was different. Um, the training gym was different. I couldn't be around nobody. Um, even when you're fighting with no crowd, it's like you're catching them with, with mean shots, and you don't hit no oohs or eyes. So... It is a little different. Now, obviously, you want to set your own uh, pace and, and your own legacy, but everyone's comparing you to Floyd Mayweather. How do you get out of that shadow? I mean, we two different fighters. I feel like we got two different styles. I got my own style. Uh, I saw a couple of things from his game. Um, I saw stuff from Pennell Whitaker, Terrence Crawford, Andre Wood. I saw stuff from a lot of guys, so it's not just Floyd that I try to put in my game. So. Uh, I appreciate all the comparisons to all the people that do because that's a huge compliment, but uh, I'm still my own fighter. I'm the first Shakur Stevenson. All right, so you came out with a lot of symbolism. You're named after Tupac Shakur. You came out to his song, and I see the shirt, the shorts, a lot of symbolism tonight for you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my people right now, they they protesting, uh, a lot going on in our community. Uh, a lot of people trying to stand up for uh, what's right. I couldn't really go out there and protest with them because I had a fight coming up. I, was, I didn't even want to risk catching corona, so. Uh, now that the fight over, I go out there, protest, mask up, gloves up, and go help my people out. All right, thank you very much. Look forward to seeing you once again once you heal from that left hand. No problem. Thank you. Thank you, Bernardo and Shakur. Very aware of the social justice movement. Yeah, that was Shakur Stevenson after his six-round stoppage of Felix Carabayo. Keep on uh, having trouble saying that. You know, Shakur moved up. He is the uh, lightweight champion. Uh, he moved up 
to one. I believe they're moving up. He moved up to one thirty to fight a junior lightweight. He's looking for that Josh Warrington fight. For some reason, he's not calling out Gary Russell Jr. I'm not sure why that is, but he's not making that call. Um, but he's called trying to fight Josh Warrington. If not, he wants to fight anybody with a belt at 130, which is uh, who is that? Which is um, Diaz, Burchell, Herring. Uh, Farmer just lost to Diaz, but yeah, there's there's a couple of fights that he can make at 130, man. But Shakur Stevenson looked excellent last night. As you just heard, he he hurt his hand somehow, beating the hell out of that guy last night. Um, dropped him early, I think in the first round, dropped him with a body shot. Dropped him in the sixth with the body shot that ended the fight. Going to the head a lot. Um, but the body work was tremendous. And it looked like, you know, the question that I used to have about Shakur Stevenson is his power. But, you know, that was I always knew that was because he was a young guy coming up. You know, I think he's only I think he's only twenty I think he's twenty two now. So he's just now getting his man strength and he's been knocking people out his last couple of fights. Uh well, except for when he fought his uh stepbrother, uh Joe Gonzalez, that one unanimous. But he's been he's had uh his last his last three or four his last five fights, he didn't had uh, three knockouts. So he's 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 on his way to doing what he needs to do. Um, but yeah, man, I think you know this was a tune up, so we don't really have to talk that much about it. He looked he looked excellent in there. Um, I don't go by the concubine n- numbers because it looked like he got hit a lot more than he usually does. But he was also sitting in the, he was also sitting in there, and you know going hard. Uh, fighting inside, fighting outside, showing that he's got the skills for everything. Only thing he didn't show is if he has a chin, and I'm sure they'll be tested sooner or later. But a lot of people are comparing him to Floyd Mayweather or Pernell Whitaker. Or he's saying he's the next. You know, he said that he was the next guy coming up. Um, and I believe him. Under 25 that we have right now, that's including – you know, I, I say I say under twenty five. Javante Davis is twenty five year is twenty five years old, and I think Javante Davis could be a very special fighter if he handled himself or you know handled himself that way. But he doesn't. So I got Shakur Stevens Shakur Stevenson over him. I got him over Devin Haney. I got him over um, Tiafimo Lopez, who is my favorite. Tiafimo is, is my favorite fighter under 25, but I don't think he's better than Shakur Stevenson when it comes for just pound for pound. Virgil Ortiz, Ryan Garcia, the real Ryan Garcia, I mean the real Garcia. So, yeah, I think this guy Shakur Stevenson has what it takes. He is the um, WBO feather featherweight champion. Um, so he's moved, like I said, he's moved up to fight since he can't get any uh, any fights at, at the one – at 130, at 127, no, my fault. He can't get any fights at 127, so he moved up to 130. But I think he's, uh, think he's on his way. Can't wait till he has some real fights because he really hasn't had any just real, real fights. But only person under t- that out of that uh, that's had a real fight is Tiafimo when he beat Comey. But that was, uh, you know, that was something that I called, something I knew was going to happen. But uh, yeah, man, I think this guy's the real deal. 
me and RC said it on Sunday that he was supposed to have a good showing, get a knockout. I called the six. I said six to seven round knockout. Exactly what happened. And um, you know that was easy work. And I think that uh, nothing but nothing but greatness when it comes to this young man's future, man. Uh, RC, what do you think about the fights? And what do you think about Shakur Stevenson? First of all, uh, it was great entrance music plan to get it all set off on. I think as soon as you heard that Tupac Changes come out, such a good song to put out for the times that we're going through right now. And it just hit. As soon as that music hit, it was Shakur Stevenson's own, and he was out there, and he didn't show any signs of um, greenness as much as uh, I've seen in the past with Stevenson. It's just like you, you wonder when he's going to get that grown man type of body, like you're saying, and he's growing into it, and he's owning the scene. You can tell he's got that mean streak in him, man. Um, you know, all smiles outside, or all smiles for the kids um, and all that, but, you know, he's got a mean streak to him. And, uh, you know, Caraballo, pretty tough uh, opponent in there. You know, he took some pretty good hits. And, uh, um, you know, it just took going into body for the body to open him up like we've seen Stevenson do. Um, very, very impressive, man. Um, they need to chill out, though, on this whole, you know, comparisons. I know we hear it all the time, and we've seen it a million times, and we're not going to be done seeing comparisons when it comes to somebody who's, um, you know, a high up-and-coming prospect. Um, of the likes of Shakur Stevenson down the road, you know, and, and as we've seen in the past. Let him grow into himself, man. Let him be his own guy. He's uh, really aware of that and made it, um, made it, you know, he spoke on it with the people. As um, He was saying, you know, yeah, I respect what he did his own thing, but I'm the first Shakur Stevenson. You like to hear that from a kid, you know, as young as he is right now, especially given the, uh, the spotlight and uh, the glitz and glamour of it all, you know, ESPN and, and Top Rank, they had a big deal going on with this um, boxing coming back, man. And, uh, you know, he uh, he looked like he was uh, ready for the part inside the ring and uh, conducting himself outside of the ring and things like that. So uh, he's looking like he's maturing into that, that big star that we're talking about. Now, I don't know if he's the biggest star under 25. You know, for me, I like Tiafimo Lopez. Uh, there's guys out there um, that'll, that'll be, you know, up for debate on. But uh, what we do know is we have uh, what looks to be a pretty damn good fighter down the road if he, um, you know, does everything the right way, uh, crosses his keys, dots his eyes, all that good stuff as far as leading towards a, a, a career down the road. So I like what I've seen from Stevenson, man, very impressive. I don't know. If, I have to look at the archives. I don't know if you called that one in six or you know, you're, I don't know. I forgot about that one. But news to me, nonetheless, Bravo. Uh, but, hey, Shakur Stevenson, let's see some more performances like that, man. And I like this one thing he did say about a, uh, about Caraballo was, look, you know, no disrespect, no, nothing like that, but this is a guy that I'm supposed to get out of there. And you got to have that mindset in a fight with, with someone like this. You know, never want to play down to the level of your competition, much like the New England Patriots, you know, if we're talking about uh, professionalism uh, when you're that much better than your opposition. So kudos to him for that, too. Yeah, most definitely. And and a guy that I keep on forgetting is under 25 is David Benavidez. You know, I think he's the real deal, too. So. Oh, yeah, know. yeah, yeah. That's our boy right there. Yeah, I keep on forgetting that he's a, he's a young cat, you know, after that little sniffery um, to, uh, debacle that, that happened, man. But uh, MCH, whoa, man, whoa, whoa, what did whoa. you think about <laughs> – what did you think about Shakur Stevenson's fight last night? How did he look to you? And do you think he's the next – 
big thing in boxing? Well, first, uh, let me just say, I do not think Shakur Stevenson is is at all the next Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather would be Gennaro Hernandez for his first world title. And I think that, you know, that kind of says it all just as far as a benchmark. And uh, Shakur Stevenson is not calling out the right name. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, Shakur Stevenson should be calling out Gary Russell Jr. He should be trying to, you know, call out guys. Uh, that, are a little, that have been promoted a little bit better than, than him in my estimation. Now, first, let me get back to the fight itself. Now, I think that this was a very tricky situation. This could have been a very tricky situation because it was obvious that these guys were not going to get full, thorough training camps. They didn't get the sparring they needed, and, you know, I'm sure they weren't able to work as long as they wanted to. And this is life and death for both fighters, but especially for the challenger. The challenger realizes, uh, you know, he may have been lucky to get this opportunity because Shakur was looking for maybe a lesser, uh, a lesser fighter to sort of get back in the ring with and 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 look good on TV against. And I'm sure that he was as prepared mm-hmm. as he possibly could be, and he, you know he was coming to win or die. So uh, that's that's the thing as champion, you always have to be cognizant of is the fact that. You know, these guys, this this could be their last day on earth as far as they are, are concerned. As long as they win, that's all they care about. So uh, Shakur Stevens was definitely in a tricky situation. Um, there is a lot of pressure in these type of fights, a lot of crazy pressure. Uh, he was without his trainer. Mm-hmm. So uh, he did get hit with a couple of shots, but I thought he did look good. He was shifting. He was drop-stepping. I liked what he was doing. He's very big for uh, the one. He looks very big to me for that division as well. Um, As far as him related to the other competition, I definitely uh, think that Teofimo Lopez and Devin Haney, I'm going to throw Lomachenko in there. Like all, well, let me, let me just stick with Teofimo and Haney. Gavante, uh, all these guys have been better promoted than Shakur Stevens. If Shakur Stevens is not careful, Bob Barham has not been on his game for a long time now. If Shakur Stevenson is not careful, Shakur Stevenson uh, will be the next Terrence Crawford, and he will never fight anybody that defines his career. That is the danger that Terrence Crawford is in at this point. He has not been able to get uh, quality opponents that have been able to define his career. We just really uh, respect him the way we do based upon his skill level and what we see and of the competition that he's faced. But, you know, it, it, he just hasn't been able to fight the top-level guys. He hasn't been able to fight the Errol Spencers or the Sean Porters. So, um, for those reasons, well, yeah, I was, Shakur has to be careful is what I'm saying. And so, uh, you know, Teofimo and Devin Haney, I feel like they've been, they've been uh, developed a little better. And I cannot say, I cannot just say Shakur is going to beat these guys. Uh Devin Haney is extremely disciplined, and that's one thing that I look at him and I see Devin Haney is not going to beat himself. Um, I see kind of Teofimo in that in that light. Uh, he's not going; these guys are not going to beat themselves, um, and they are hungry for the challenge. Teofimo wants Lomachenko. Devin Haney wants Lomachenko. These these guys want to fight the best. Not saying that uh, you know Shakur doesn't necessarily want to fight the best, but he may not – it's not that you want to rush your career, but, you know, he, I just feel like he might not have the level of confidence in himself at this point 
that Teofimo and Devin Haney has and Gavante Davis has. Ryan Garcia, I think he needs to be defined a little bit more as well. Uh, he's he's definitely a fast kid. He's definitely a skilled kid. He looks like he's got the goods. But, uh, you know, I would put Shakur over Ryan. So um, I do think that Shakur is an excellent fighter. These guys are all at a very tricky point in their career because, like we were saying last time, uh, when you and I, uh, Dane, we were talking about uh, we were talking about Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder was undefeated. Got to a certain point in his career, felt like okay, I don't need any more boxing skills. You know, all I need to do is throw this right hand, and you see where it left him at. So you have to see how these guys develop over time, how these guys face these challenges, how these, you know, like, for example, like they did last night, like coronavirus and, and these, these situations that they're up against. And um, we will see. But as far as right now, I definitely have all those. I have Teofimo Lopez and Devin Haney slightly above Shakur Stevenson. Well, yeah, um, we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit more about that because uh Andre Ward brought up a good point when he was talking about the, you know, the state of uh, of the America, what's going on, and the reasons why guys like Shakur Stevenson aren't, you know, well loved. Because you know, you said Bob Arum, Tiafimo Lopez is is under Bob Arum, um, right? He's an ESPN guy. He him and uh, him and Lomachenko, so he's getting promoted, but he's more of a brash, shit talking flipping, you know, type of guy. So he's getting he's doing a little, little more self promotion than um than Shakur Stevenson. So um we'll talk a little bit more about that because definitely Andre Ward had a little bit to say about that. But you know comes down to it. Devin Haney we saw Devin Haney just fight a guy and he looked pretty bad. It's probably on the same level as this guy that that Shakur Stevenson fought last night. Devin Haney, I think, is a guy that's sort of getting full of himself, and he might be up for a rude awakening pretty soon. Um, Shakur Stevenson, he's not—he's a little smaller than these guys, um, so I don't know if he might be able to fight Devin Haney. I don't know if he'll ever be able to fight Tiafimo Lopez unless he makes it up to welterweight. Um, but we'll see. Hopefully, we'll get these fights. Ryan Garcia, you know, even even Virgil Ortiz, a guy that nobody. Nobody's mentioned, but he's uh, he's the real deal also out there at welterweight. But um, let's take it to D. Uh, D, how did you see uh, Shakur Stevenson? Um, how did you like how he looked last night, and is he the next big thing? Uh, yeah, he's good, man. What can you not say? You can't say nothing bad about him yet. Yeah. So, he uh, – you know, I think the future fight, if he makes it, you know, because he looked big. He looked big for that weight right there. Uh, him and Haney, that's probably yeah. the the mega fight in about four or five years, maybe. Damn, I hope it ain't that long. But, uh, you know, yeah, he's definitely, he's got all the tangibles, man. Uh, I said, you know, three or four rounds. It went a little bit longer, but you yeah, know, is what it is. Barrow had, had a hard head. He was taking them shots. Yeah. It looked like he was rocked a couple of times, but he was just eating them. Yeah, yeah. Shakur, I think Stevenson could have got him out of there earlier if he wanted to. 
uh, I can't wait to see him again, man. You you got to pull for a young line like that, you know. Uh, he's with Bob Arum, so I, I ain't no big fan of that dude. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, hopefully they match him up with the right competition, you know, going forward. Uh, it was it was straight, man. I like I liked uh, his performance. That's good. There's like I said, there's fights to be made at one thirty. You got uh, uh Burchell, you got uh, my man Jojo Diaz, you got Jamel uh, Jamel Heron. There's also fights to be made at one twenty six, where he is the WBO champion, I believe. You got uh, Gary Russell Jr. Warrington. And uh, the Asian guy Zhu Khan, um, who I I don't think I've even seen fight yeah. for one time, so I don't I don't know how good he is. But there's fights to be made, and definitely, whenever he can get up to that 135, what I think is one of the the the, the top divisions, you've got uh, Lomachenko, Lopez, uh, Tiafimo, you got Devin Haney, Comey, you got Luke Campbell, yep. Ryan Garcia, you know Robert Easter. Got a lot of fights to be made, man. So, you know, at 22 years old, he's got a lot of time. Like I said, out of all those guys we mentioned, um, the 22 and younger guys, uh, only Tiafimo Lopez has has had a real fight against the real champion. You know, Devin Haney is, I believe, the WBC champion, uh, but he didn't fight anybody for that belt. And, um, right. you know, so so that's about to take it, man. That's a lot, that's you know. a lot to go uh that can happen with Shakur. But let's yeah. take it let's uh, take it up there to the – oh, go ahead, D. I was going to say, man, you know, the time of waiting four and five years to see mega fights, you need to get with the times, man, with all them names you name right there. All them fights should happen realistically within the next two years. We should see them fights right there within the next two years. But I think we can all agree you know? that when you're twenty, twenty four years old, you ain't at your best. So I, you know, I'm not mad. Okay. You know, I want to see the fights. Don't get me wrong, but I'd rather see these guys at their tip top best, like we see in in the, uh, you know, like we're seeing in the welterweight division. You know, these guys. Hopefully, if they all fight, but these guys are all. Man, these guys fighting. Thirty years they old. Fighting every they're at six their months, prime, man. You know, when you that young, just like you say, Willie, when they when they that young, when you that young, you, you're whipping ass. You should be fighting every three months, unless you get an injury. Unless you get an injury, you should be fighting every three months. When you that young now, and you that good. Therefore, well, I think Devin Haney's like been say, fighting. Devin Haney's been fighting every three months. He's got he's got the most fights. I think I saw him. He had like twenty five fights already. At twenty, oh, yeah. what is he? 20, is 21 years old. Haney is my dude. That's who I think is going to be uh, top of the mountain when that yeah, smoke clears. Well, I don't know. We got to see. I think we got. I think we got the future of boxing is looking very bright when it comes to these oh, guys, yeah. man. So you know, I'm not mad at it. If it takes a couple of years for them to fight, I can wait till they're you know 27. As long as they're picking guys off, you know. Somebody can be fighting Gary Russell Jr. Somebody can be fighting uh, Burchill. Somebody can be fighting uh, Lomachenko. There's there's fights to be 
be made before then, before we get these super fights. So, uh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot, there's there's stuff that can be can be done, man. So with this, we'll see how Willa, it goes. with this we'll shutdown. Yep, with this shutdown, man, we need to be seeing some good fights. We need to be seeing, yeah. we need to be seeing some big name fights, like before this year, like. They need to get yeah, on the ball, man. Yeah, we just we just waiting on Lomachenko. Oh, yeah. that fight need to go ahead and uh, go ahead and happen. Him and uh, Lopez. I mean, uh, yeah, God yeah, damn, Lopez. Uh, yeah, Lopez. Yeah, that fight was in the works, yeah. had a date and everything. So, come on, man. We gonna see. Tiafimo said that ain't happening next. He said that. Uh, Lomachenko needs a tune-up, man. But with that being said, let's take it oh, to another another one. We've got we, we got the OGs on this show. We're going to call this the Boxing is Back OG edition because we got to take it to the Pacific Northwest to the guy we like to call the smoke guy, to my man, Seattle's time. Time, what's going on, man? Uh, we just been Uh-oh. talking about the Stevenson fight. Um, first of all, we want to hear what you thought about if you did see the fight, what you thought about the visuals, what's going on with the with the no crowd and everything and exactly and then let us know if you like what you saw with Shakur Stevenson and is he the next big thing. Sean, what's popping, man? We got MCH and R C on the line. What's going on everybody? Uh I mean I, I only I was only able to see the uh I didn't see it live. I was able to catch the Shakur fight later on. You know, what I saw was pretty much what I expected as far as his performance and how it looked. You know, it looked like a sparring session with a production team, you know? That's what happens when there's no fans involved. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so, so hey, if that's... Yeah, I mean it was weird, but it was it was weird, but it was expected, so it wasn't as uh, like weird is is basically to put it. But it was still weird as hell. You know what I mean? It's just like what the hell? Empty yeah. buildings. Somehow we're putting <laughs> we're putting on shows to the masses with no fans. <laughs> you know, but uh, he did. You know, uh, Shakur. You know, went through the motions. You know. Got some rounds in, did what he was supposed to do. Body shot was beautiful. Um, was you know, uh, hey, you know, talented kid, man. I mean, he is a, you know, he's a one of many talented kids from 130 to 135. I see, I hear you guys talking about who's the best, who's gonna be the best, who this and that. You know, look, I, they're all too young. For me to say who for sure is going to be the best or this and that, they all have concerns that I see, whether it's tangibles or intangibles. But the only thing I know for certain is this Ryan Garcia should not be involved in that mix. That's one Come guy on, for man. sure. Get out of here with that. Hey, man. I'm just saying. I mean, that's the one sure thing I know. When you, it's like if you, if I hear somebody naming guys, you like, like picture me now. Somebody names Devin Haney. 
Devin Haney, I'm nodding my head. Tiafimo, I'm nodding my head. Shakur, I'm nodding my head. Tank, I'm nodding my head. And you, you name Ryan Garcia? What? I'm like, man, don't even bring him up. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are we talking about? It's like, that's the one name that just got, is like, no. <laughs> you know, let's be honest here. <laughs> hey, man, Kawhi knows yeah. I'm right. Uh, <laughs> just saying. He, I mean, Ryan Garcia, man, he just, you know, they needed to put him in there with some, you know, a couple six fights to make him look like he's a power puncher and all this now. I mean, yeah, yeah I'm not mad at that, man. At the end of the day, it is a business, too. You got to promote guys. You got to make guys look good. Uh, he, he is marketable. He is, he does have a following, so I get it. But, I mean, let, you know, hey. let, let, you know, pump the brakes. He's not competing with Devin. He's not competing with Shakur. He's not competing with Tank. He's not competing with any of those guys. Tiafimo just, they all know he's like he's more of a celebrity fighter. Like he's not really a real fighter. You know what I mean? Uh, he's he's you know hey you know what it is, man. The man is soft. You know I I'm gonna say what it is. He's soft, and once he gets in there with somebody that isn't soft, he going to lose. Right. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. <laughs> hey, people don't have to ask right. me stuff. I'm, I'm gonna say it regardless. <laughs> you know, but I'm just so as of right now I don't have a you know, clear cut I think this guy's the best and this and that. They all like I said, they all have strengths. They all they all have weaknesses to me that I've noticed. But Garcia is just he's just all weaknesses to me. Except for hey, outside man, we're the talk, ring. We're talking like, about Shakur Stevenson, man. Hey, get I don't mind that. No, you were hold on. <laughs> Hold on, no, because you were no. See, this is the thing. You didn't like it because you like you didn't like what I had to say because I had to do with Ryan Garcia. If I if I was sitting here talking about one of the guys you didn't like, you wouldn't have no problem. I like them all. We were talking about I like all the, all young, the young guys. guys. No, you don't. But uh, <laughs> that's all I was wanted to say. I just wanted to put that out there that that's the one guy I'm sure of. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You're a hater. It's going to be. It. I, I like. But I like I like what you said. I agreed with it. That you know they don't they're all young right now, so they don't necessarily need to fight each other right away. As long as they're in there with the Lomachenko's, the Warringtons, the Gary Russells, the Burchelts, start knocking those guys off, picking up titles, picking up names, and then eventually meet up in a showdown. It's good. Where I do have a problem is, is if they keep if they for the next year or two, they're fighting nobodies. That's that's right. the issues I'm gonna have. So we're gonna have to see uh how these guys move. We know Tiafimo wants the Loma fight, so hey, you know, he he's trying to make that happen. Everybody else, we gotta see what they do. I mean, Andre Ward is uh running Shakur's career. Um so you he's know been on means. the record saying he he's been on the record saying that, hey, if I could get another, you know, fight, another, you know, he didn't say easy, but he kind of said that. He's, I remember him saying it before where, yeah, people want to rush guys, but if I can get another essentially tune-up, I'm going to always get Shakur a tune-up. So they're going to they're gonna move him relatively slow, you know? Not not really, really uh-huh. slow, but they're going to be smart with him too. But uh, everybody else, 
I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, but, I mean, Tank is supposed to be fighting Santa Cruz. I mean, I don't know. I think that fight's worse than Gamboa, but that's just my opinion. But, um, you know, we'll see. I, I, hopefully, you know, the, as far as the corona thing and all that and the production and what's going on, what people got to realize is this. They have they are they entered uncharted waters with this, with this. Every everything has to be different now with no fans and and everything you know social distancing and all this stuff. So they're not going to start off their first boxing show as a big show because they want to be able to look at how it went went and say this worked, this didn't, and then try to improve, and then after that try to improve again. We try to make it as best as it can in the situation so when they eventually do stage a big fight, they know that they they got it as close to normal as it was, you know? So anybody expecting that this was going to be a big-time show, it just wasn't going to be the case based off the situation yeah. going on. Yeah, most definitely, man. And like you said, uh, like I said earlier, ESPN – you know, they're doing their best to get us boxing. We're going to be having boxing the next couple of Tuesdays and Thursdays, even a fight on Saturday, man. So, And uh, none of them are championship fights. All of them are, look like they're going to be tune-ups. But, you know, we gotta we got to get what we can get. And with that said, we've been talking about this car for the longest. So I just wanted to run down what happened um, with the, uh, the undercard and see if anybody wanted to talk about any of these fights. Uh, No-name guys, guys never heard of. Jared Anderson uh, knocked out TKO Johnny Langston. Jared Anderson, I guess, is uh, I think that's the guy that, well, I know it's the real big baby, young guy coming up, a heavyweight fighter, beat up a guy that was a cruiserweight, TKO'd him in the third round. That fight was pretty weak. Jared Anderson, I don't know. You know, he didn't look that great to me. But again, he was young and he was in the he was in there with a guy he didn't have any respect for, so he was getting hit. Looks like if you know if he fights somebody like the guy that fought after the guy that fought before him, Guido Vianello, who uh, who had a first round knockout against Donald Hainsworth, he gets caught by that guy, he might be able to go to sleep. So you know both those fights were pretty much weak. They look good, and then the fight of the night, Quavius. Uh, Cash defeated Kelvin uh, Calvin Metcalf with the unanimous technical decision. Uh, Metcalf had the George Jefferson haircut with the ponytail, um, looking real weak in there. Uh, I know that was RC's favorite fight of the night. I didn't catch the first fight. Robisi Ramirez, uh, who was supposed to be the last guy that beat Shakur Stevenson in the Olympics for that gold medal back in. was it 12 or 16 or something, one of those years. So, uh, RC, man, any – I know you caught all the fights. Anything stand out to you with those fights? I think they were all, you know, all showcase showcase of bums, really. Not bums. I'll say that showcase of guys we've never heard of. RC? Oh, hold on. Let me go. RC's on. Had to come back in. Okay. There you go. All right, I'm good now. No, uh, like you said, um, there was uh, I, I forget the, the heavyweight dude, the heavyweight fight uh, that Big Baby had fought as the, the his opposition's name. That was pretty funny. But uh, no, the uh, Cash and Metcalf fight was pretty entertaining. 
tough son of a bitch that Metcalf was, man. Tough ass guy with the, you know, terrible hair and all that. But uh, yeah, pretty good, pretty good uh, showcase in all in all, though. MCH, your thoughts on the uh, undercard? Yeah, well, uh, the the fight that stood out to me the most was the fight that you mentioned, the, Mar- the Mar- Ramirez fight. Now, uh, you mentioned that uh, Ramirez fought Shakur Stevens in the gold medal bout at the Olympics. Great fight, man. Anyone out there who hasn't seen that fight, you need to see that fight, man. That was a great fight. One of the trainers, uh, well, last time out, Ramirez got knocked out. Came out and got knocked out by someone he was supposed to knock out. Switch trainers. The trainer says, well, the amateur system and the professional system are, you know, very different and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, what's different about the gold medal bout at the Olympics and the fight that he fought that night other than one extra round? There was no headgear. You know, it was 10-point must system. So, you know, he just showed up on the night and got beat. But he did beat Shakur Stevenson under those conditions. So, uh, you know, no headgear, 10-point must system. So Ramirez has it. Going to take a lot more seasoning. Um you know, I don't think he'll ever uh, be able to fight Shakur Stevenson again just because of the fact just you know, Shakur is moving up too fast. But I think Maria, Ramirez will be another name that will make some noise on the boxing scene. Yeah, I didn't get to check that fight out. I, I know that he got – he lost his first fight. He got stopped. Or uh, looks like it says split decision loss. I'm looking at it now. But, yeah, he lost his first fight coming out. Um, Cuban fighter. So yeah, it's a guy we'll check out. They were they were pumping him up, saying that he he should get give uh give Stevenson the rematch. So we'll see we'll see how that goes. D, I, any, I think you, you I think I did. I think I I think I did say he got knocked out. But he got knocked down. My bad about that. He just got knocked down. Okay. Yeah. I, I, for some reason, I think I saw that fight. They were making a lot of hype hype about him being a gold medalist. A two, I think he's a two time gold medalist. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, I think he's a two-time gold medalist like Lomachenko. He's supposed to be the next Lomachenko, and then he uh, then he got beat by somebody that that he wasn't supposed to supposed to lose. Well, see, I he, think I remember seeing. Him. Well, he could be the next Lomachenko in the sense that you know Lomachenko's first fight, he fought someone that he was supposed to beat and got beat himself. But of course, the competition level. But if you remember the context of that time. Mm-hmm. That was one of those arguments. That was one of those arguments where, you know, uh, people were saying Lomachenko, he going to go up here, he going to blow, uh, I, f- I forget the, the, the man's name, but he going to blow uh, Salido away. Yeah, he going to blow Salido away, and he got blown away. So, uh, yeah, that was that was a good night of boxing. And for that reason, maybe he could be the next Lomachenko. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got, like you said, he's got – He's got how old is he? Let me see how old is he. Well, he's twenty six, so he ain't got that. He's a little older than everybody else, so we'll see how that goes. Featherweight at twenty six, so he's not gonna be getting too much bigger anytime soon. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes for him. Uh, D, what do you think about the undercards, man? Yeah, uh, I was back and forth, uh, dozing off because I knew pretty much uh, they weren't gonna mean a whole lot. But uh, some people got stopped, and, uh, you know, that's pretty much, yeah, it's a good card, I guess, for 
stopping no, it was it wasn't a good car but i mean we did you know so, I mean, we did get when the, i say good 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 for getting the back in you know we didn't stop it just yeah there was what one two three four five five out of six stops right five out of six right the longest so fight that was, was all planned you know that was yeah. all planned and stuff so longest fight was six rounds but, man, but yeah but but hey you know what i want to say though uh, what do you want to say, dude? We need to see all we we got to see all these fights. We'd like to see all these fights. Uh, what I'm afraid of happening, because uh, you figured gates generate a lot of money. Some of these big names get well, all the big names get something off the gate, right? So where's sure. money coming from? Where the money? Be where, where, where that ex? They're gonna overprice see, the pay per views, they, they, man. They're gonna yeah, raise they the that. prices on the pay per views. Yeah, you gotta understand. They're well, not see, not, every, not everything could be pay per view, now. But yeah, not everything could be pay per view. Yeah, but who? Like they're not making. You know, Lomachenko might do two hundred. He might do two hundred fifty thousand at the gate. You know, these guys ain't doing, you know, I think guys like Wilder and Fury, didn't they break the record with at like one point something? You know, it's out of the whole little deal, they're not, that gate isn't that much of a percentage of the money that they're getting. I know they get some of the gate, but I don't think that's that's that big of a percentage. So, however right. they get well, the no, money, that's how they're getting, they getting the money. Getting the well, money the from. Echelon. Right. The top echelon, we all know who these people are. I could see those being pay-per-views, but, okay, on down, how's that going to work? What I'm afraid of seeing is these cats cats saying, you know what, I'll go on the shelf before I fight for this amount, that amount. Ah, I just won't fight. That's what I hope don't happen, you know, with no people staying. I doubt that happens. The bigger fighters, they might want to say they're not gonna. They want to fight in front of the crowd, you know. Um, you know, I can see Fury and Wilder saying that. The bigger fights, I can see them holding off. But the, you know, they're not. They're not making that much money on the gate. I mean, they're making a lot of money on the gate, but the percentage that they're getting off the gate isn't. Right. Isn't a lot. They're getting that money from right. from the TV deals, you know, just like anything else, man. But uh, let's go ahead and go on to the next. ESPN top rank card, and um, you know to start off the the night, we had two of my favorite commentators go off on uh, you know talk about what's been going on in the world today and what they think they can do about it. So uh, we're gonna get a little just a little serious with it real quick and listen to Andre Ward and Tim Bradley. We're gonna start first off with Andre Ward, and then I'm gonna uh, let the guys talk about that. This is uh, what Andre Ward is talking about. It's something that MCH was bringing up, saying that, you know, um, Shakur Stevenson isn't promoted well. And I think Andre Ward has his thoughts on that. For the boxing community, if we want to affect change, I think we can start right here at home. You know, myself as well as many other African-American fighters, for many, many years we've had to deal with uh, double standards. We've had to deal with, you know, certain prejudices and, and, and certain bias where, you know, if 
an African-American fighter is not a villain, if he is not boisterous, if he's not a guy who is jumping on tables and, and just doing crazy things at press conferences, he's not, the worth, he's not worth the price of admission. He's not worth your, your streaming buy or, or your pay-per-view buy. Um, and, and, and that's something that I detest, and I personally – uh, as well as others, have protested this line of thinking and have protested this thought where when Floyd Mayweather was pretty boy Floyd Mayweather, nobody paid attention. But all of a sudden when he became the villain, when he became Money Mayweather, now he was worth the price of admission to see him lose. This is something that, again, it, it's bothered me. I have protested against it. Other fighters have protested against it, and it should not be the case. And now that I have the opportunity to mentor another young African-American fighter, Shakur Stevenson, we have these discussions, and I encourage them all the time. If individuals, media, fans, whoever it may be, if they're asking you to be anything other than yourself, Shakur, they're asking for way too much. I think that was pretty – I think that was pretty deep when it comes to Andre Ward. You know, we talk about this a lot, you know, the clean-cut, uh, straight-edge African-American fighter really gets no love, and I think Shakur Stevenson sort of falls under that that umbrella. Devin Haney um, does also, you know, I know MCH thinks that there, Devin Haney's been promoted a little bit better, and I think he has been, you know, under Eddie Hearn, which is a, a younger promoter. You know, Devin Haney is a little more on the social media side. But as good as Devin Haney is, he's not as big as um, he's not as big as Ryan Garcia, who does a lot of social media, does a lot of uh, shit talking on the on the internet, does a lot of that. Um, he's not as big as Tiafimo Lopez either, who's you know a brash shit talking uh, you know boxer, um, young boxer. But just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that, man. I I respect everything Andre Ward said, you know. Only. Only thing, you know, I would say is that us as, you know, it's, as black people, we've got to, you know, we've got to promote our own selves and we've got to back our own fighters. And I don't think a lot of people do that. You know, we back Adrian Broner. You know, he said that as long as you're being yourself, and I think we all know Adrian Broner, he acts, he acts this, that way, but that is Adrian Broner. He's not really acting. That is him. He's not going out of his way to do dumb stuff. He's just that dumb. But these other guys, you know, I think they've got to they've got to talk a lot of noise, man. I mean, it just is what it is. I feel Andre Ward, but this is entertainment. And when it comes to entertainment, even though you know Andre Ward is one of my favorite fighters, but I would like for him to talk a little bit more noise. I would like for him to be. He didn't need to, but I would like for him to do that. And I back up Shakur Stevenson. I back Devin Haney. I don't need them to be boisterous and uh, talk a lot of uh, shit, even though Devin Haney is actually doing a lot more talking. I think Eddie Hearn is getting in his ear, and he's doing a lot more talking. Not really disrespectful talking, but he's doing a lot more talking, and that's why I think he's edged over edged over Shakur Stevenson when it comes to that. But in the, in the big scheme of things, Andre Ward is right. The straight-laced – African-American fighter really gets no love, man. RC, what do you think about Andre Ward's comments? Man, I like what Andre Ward's doing with uh, the uh, the uh, abouts with Shakur Stevenson. Even so much so as during the fight, he would take himself out of the commentary and any kind of uh, uh, 
anything involved with the fight. He didn't speak until after. So we all know Andre Ward, one of the most calculated men inside and outside the ring. And you can't, you couldn't ask for a better mentor uh, in this business than a guy like Andre Ward for Shakur Stevenson. So I'm sli- I'm glad to see the two guys. Uh, I'm glad to see him taking them under his wing. And, uh, and, you know, Andre Ward's always been, you know, consummate profession says the right things and all that good stuff. And, you know, Andre Ward uh, would be one one hell of a guy to have in your corner the way Shakur Stevenson does. So, um, you know, I want to see – I just want to see how this all works out at the end. Like, if we could just, you know, fast forward time for just a moment and move 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road, and see what the career turned out to be for Shakur Stevenson. I wish I could see it, so I'm glad we get to watch its entirety throughout. So, hey, let's go. All right, MCH, what do you think about um, Andre Ward's comments? Well, uh, I definitely uh, appreciate Andre Ward saying what he said because, well, let me say it it this way. What I take the most out of what Andre Ward said is the fact that we, the message that black fighters can be straight-laced. You know, black fighters, uh, you know, he, he wants to see more of that in uh, black fighters, being straight-laced, not feeling like they have to become the victim. But uh, the other thing that I see, I see Andre Ward, I, I like his intentions, I like what he's saying, but I, I can also see he's a little too close to this particular situation. Now, Andre Ward was one of these fighters we're talking about. He was a straight-laced fighter, called himself the son of God, and he got the love. I mean, he, he got the love. Now, uh, if you want to talk about the kind of love that a Floyd Mayweather is getting, well, I mean, this is very rare. The, the stardom and the transcendence that Floyd Mayweather has is very rare. There are only a few boxers, and you can almost name them all. Jack Johnson, Muhammad Ali, Joe Lewis, Sugar Ray Leonard, Floyd Mayweather Jr. So, I mean, this is, this is and, and in my opinion, I used, when, when I first started talking this boxing on, on this internet thing, Sugar Ray Leonard was my favorite fighter. Floyd Mayweather was, was coming up there, and, and, and over the years it's gotten harder and harder for me to decide. But Floyd Mayweather is definitely one of the shining lights in the history of boxing. And when you talk about Devin Haney, when you talk about uh, Teofimo Lopez, uh, when you talk about Shakur Stevenson, these guys haven't really earned it yet. You know what I'm saying? Devin Haney is, like you were saying, my man Damon, Devin Haney is the Internet champion. Uh, email champion. He's the email champion. Uh, you know, these guys have not earned the level of uh, adulation that, you know, some of the more transcendent fighters are. The guys that we could be talking about, if the guys are at the top level, they could be guys like Deontay Wilder. Uh, and, you know, so then you would have to say, okay, look at Deontay Wilder's actions inside and outside the ring. Were we looking at him as a victim, uh, as a villain, or did he make himself a villain? Because if you were to ask me, I think that Deontay Wilder, with you know him saying he wants a buy and he would kill a man, I feel like he made himself the villain. So uh, these other gentlemen that we're talking about, Shakur Stevenson, these guys haven't really made it to that level yet. Now, for where they are, the the – the, the level of opposition that they fought, I feel like these guys are, are getting a pretty fair shake. I feel like, you know, Shakur Stevenson, they're calling, they're, at, they're asking the question, right, is he the next Floyd Mayweather? And I feel like it's clear he's not. He's never been beat anyone close uh, 
to Gennaro Hernandez. So, uh, you know, um, Teofimo Lopez probably gets the most shot of them all. Uh, Teofimo Lopez has some spectacular knockouts. He's got some spectacular skills, and, and he's got these flashy skills to get these flashy knockouts, and that draws eyeballs. Uh, so Shakur Stevenson has to be careful. I, I like the fact that he is wanting to be that. But then, of course, you know, we saw Shakur Stevenson on video beating up a guy for no reason, beating up guys for no reason, beating up guys on the street that, that you know, had no, had no chance of defending himself against him, and, and even, like, jumping over and busting a woman in the back of the head to get to a guy. So, you know, there is some level of personal responsibility in these. You know, are these, how, how much of these villains do these guys make themselves? Uh, Floyd Mayweather is another example. Now, Floyd Mayweather was getting the love. Floyd Mayweather was seen as a transcendent talent. He was loved uh, when he really kind of turned himself. That was kind of his own decision. Uh, turn himself into villain was when he fought Oscar De La Hoya. But before then, Floyd Mayweather was was like a Devin Haney almost. He was, uh, he was he, of course, you know, he, he was very confident. He was brash. But he always knew the thing that he needed was those boxing skills. He had to be in the gym. He had to back it up. And that's the most important thing. You be in the boxing gym for six hours and you get out and you talk for two minutes. You get in the boxing for another six hours and get out and then talk for another two minutes. So uh, that's kind of how I see I feel like, you know, just to kind of sum it up again, I feel like I appreciate Andre Ward for for wanting these fighters to be that. And he was that. And he got a lot of love. You know, he was a worldwide transcendent talent, not Floyd Mayweather transcendent talent. But, but like I said, that's very rare. But I feel like he got the love that he deserved. And so – these other guys, Teofimo Lopez, Shakur Stevenson, they're going to have to earn it in the ring. Yeah, most definitely. I think I think Andre Ward got a lot of love for being the best boxer in the game. He didn't he didn't get as much love, and and it wasn't all you know. Let's keep it real. It wasn't all just because he was he was quit, he was uh, straight laced and the son of God. It was also because you know. A lot of people thought his fights were boring and he didn't have a lot of knockouts, man. But, uh, Simon, man, what did you think about about Andre Ward's uh, comments? Um, I pretty much, you know, kind of agree with a little bit of what everybody's been saying. You know, I think, I think he made some good points about the double standards, about how fighters, you know, black fighters are judged differently, you know, in a lot of ways by a lot of people where in in a lot of cases they have to they have to go above and beyond to get the same credit that another fighter would get for just doing something normal, you know? Or if one performance might look like another person's performance, another fighter of another race's performance and you know, it might be criticized, the black fighter's performance might be criticized while the other guy's is being praised or there's no criticism. So, you know, I get that, you know, there's a lot of that that goes on in boxing. Um, and it's always been going on. And I don't know why it happens more in boxing than 
uh, other sports, you know, because, hey, there's athletes in other sports of different races, you know, but I don't see it as obvious. That's just so, like, at times where it's just, like, staring you in your face where you're like, wow, I don't know how you came up with that conclusion. In basically two similar situations, you came up with two different conclusions, you know, separate ones. But uh, the part where he is implying where, you know, being, as you guys were saying, straight-laced or clean-cut or, you know, not a villain and expecting that or assuming or thinking that, you know, they should get the same support or love or whatever, well, he's got to realize, well, when you're a villain, you know, a lot of it is not love, technically. It's um, not, and I wouldn't even call it support either. It's eyes watching you, but they're watching you because they want to see you lose because you're a villain. So when you're a villain, people are more willing to pay their hard-earned money to see you lose. And when you're, you know, straight-laced, you know, normal-type guy, of, of course there's going to be some people that might want to see you lose for whatever reason, but they're not going to be as willing to put up their hard-earned money and, you know, pay pay-per-views and all this stuff to see you lose. It's just – that's just the case. I think Ward needs to understand that one little part, you know? Um, but also what he's got to realize is that, like, you know, Floyd is a black fighter, and he was the biggest draw ever, and there wasn't a, you know, straight-laced, clean-cut, you know, good guy-type fighter that was ever as big as him as far as the box office and the pay-per-views and all that, so it's like, of any race. So what does that say? Like, I mean, I think that pretty much tells you what you need to know, which is that him, you know, probably a lot of, you know, good, you know, probably a lot of it had to do with the fact that he was a villain and black, not just a villain, but he was a villain. So that is why he, at the end of the day, was such a big draw. And so I think Ward needs to understand that, like, and that was, and then at that time, uh, with the Manny Pacquiao and Floyd at their primes and all that and the rivalry and all that, they caught lightning in a bottle, you know? And people can't expect that to happen moving forward. Could it happen? Maybe. I wouldn't, exp- I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell people to expect it, you know? I mean, it's like when anytime we have a pay-per-view now, People always bring up the numbers. Oh, it did this. It did this. Oh, it did that. It only did this. It only did that. And I'm just like, people, look, if you're expecting pay-per-views moving forward to be like Floyd and Pacquiao level pay-per-views, you have no clue what's going on. That was a isolated situation that we're not going to see ever again in our lifetime. So people need to get over, get over that fact and judge pay-per-view numbers as far as the landscape that we're in right now in boxing and say, hey, this guy right here is fighting this guy right here. Based off what we know of their 
overall interest and marketability around the world, was this a good show, and did it do good numbers? People need to stop comparing everything to Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao. But Ward, I get it. Ward was a great fighter. You know, in his mind, he's a he's a guy that felt like he should have got more credit, more, you know, big shows, more money. So I think some of that is coming out of him when he says that. But he also has to understand, man, like sometimes it's not always what you think. It might be a little percentage of it but not the full thing. And I think uh, that's the case uh, with him right now. I just think he's just a little out of touch of why, in reality, he wasn't as big of a star as he thinks he should have been. Yeah, I agree with both of y'all. I think Andre Ward is a little close to this, and he might be pushing his shortcomings onto Shakur Stevenson. Uh, Shakur Stevenson has a lot of time a lot of time, Devin Haney has a lot of time to become a big name in boxing, man. Uh, we got my man JP on, host of the heavy-handed edition. I want to see if uh, JP, were you able to hear the Ward uh, comment? I didn't hear him, but I get the gist of it, bro. I mean, this is an old conversation. I actually wrote about this exact thing and likened it to <clears throat> wrestlers in the WWE and went back to Virgil and Coco Beware and those type of dudes and how they had to be like complete characters. Rarely can you see a wrestler be like Stone Cold and just be a badass. Usually all the, the, the black fighters got some kind of gimmick with them. One of them was a pimp, you know, so but we're uh, talking about the war thing, dude. I'm going to surprise y'all because y'all know I'm, I'm Mr. Pro-Black and all of that kind of stuff. At least I consider myself. I have changed. I do not believe it's racial. I do not believe it has anything to do with race. Now, fandom, um, how much support you get, yeah, that has to do with race. But what you deserve in the, in the fight game particularly I believe that it's what you do. So a few things. One, Andre Ward has to know that this is entertainment. And one of the, the must-haves when we're talking entertainment, which sports is, is we don't want to see regular or mundane. We want to see spectacular, right? Of course. So that said, yes, we are looking for things that aren't of the norm when it comes to fighting. So we're naturally attracted to big punchers, right? Uh, chicks love the long ball. We like to see touchdowns. We like to see three-pointers. And in basketball and in fucking boxing, we like to see knockouts and knockdowns. So let, let's see if we can get some, uh, some comparisons here. Right now, arguably, two of the, the most publicized or well-known <clears throat> fighters in today's climate is Errol Spence and Terrell Cro- Terrence Crawford, neither of whom have really played the role of heel. But yet, they are the two biggest names in boxing, one of them, uh, uh, amongst them. So that kind of, to me, starts to debunk that. Let's take it a step further. Now, if you, you can't think that Floyd, and I agree with Simon here, you can't think that Floyd Mayweather is the comparison. Floyd Mayweather is an absolute anomaly who made his, his fortune off of being absolutely incredible. The man got touched 
hit hard about five times in a 20-year career. So by the time we're in year 12 of this man's career, people are paying by the bundle to see him finally be human, be humanized. So that's what we paid for with the magnificent Floyd Mayweather. But you noticed that the light, and this, this might not apply everywhere. I'm sure sign will think of somebody this doesn't apply to. The lighter, guy, the lighter a guy punches, you're usually normal the more shitty talks. It's kind of like the small dog that barks a lot. But you notice the big dogs don't really bark. So Deontay Wilder ain't never had to talk a lot of shit. He knocks motherfuckers out. But Tyson Fury's a great shit talker because he doesn't knock anyone out. Well, not until recently. And if I think, you know, for the most part, that, that will handle the majority and kind of encapsulate, you know, not all, but for the most part, the talkers are the guys who need to draw more interest to themselves because they're not doing it by knocking shit out. Gennady Ganefkin ain't never had to say a word, just have a goofy, mad TV smile, and everybody went nuts because he came in and was destructive. So for me and black fighters, now let's add the stigmas. You guys are, you know, more time, most of the time, not all the time, but finesse to some degree and tacticians. Whereas the other guys come in and Manny Pacquiao, dude, I don't, nobody, I don't, there's nobody, not blacks, not anyone who say they don't like Manny Pacquiao. You know why? Because you're going to get a knockdown in the fight nine times out of ten. Floyd Mayweather stunk out the joint several times, and I'm the biggest Mayweather fan there is. Stunk it out, but you still couldn't touch him. So it was magic. So you can't be that. Nobody can be that. So it's a terrible template to try to copy. Adrian Broner tried it. And look, another uh, part of this is we're talking about payoffs, guys. Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford, two of the biggest names in boxing. It's been a slow burn. It's been a slow burn. But let me tell you, you're talking about risk and reward, being that black heel, and even being the hip-hop guy kind of, being Adrian Broner, if Adrian Broner could have kept winning. We're talking about a dude on Mayweather's level by now, damn near, when it comes to money. Because that guy was already ready for pay-per-view at Maidana way back then. He was cooked up. He just wasn't good. Yeah, up. no, I agree with you on that. He was do- he promoted ready himself spur, right. He dude, just wasn't he good. He had man shit going. He had his daddy brushing his hair. That shit was brilliant. He just wasn't good enough to back it up. So if we're talking about payoff, yeah, you could be fucking Terrence Crawford and be just a regular dude who who wins and wins sometimes pretty dramatically, but it's a slow burn. But if you can be Adrian Broner and talk that shit and have that antics where you're the heel and you make them hate you, oh, the payoff is is triple, it's quadruple. So there's there's finances involved, and I think man, I don't think anybody, any of these dudes in their camp, sit down and let's talk about your image. I'm sure they want to keep them away from being wife beaters. We, you know, we just had uh, Ryan Garcia call Gervonta Davis out for you know beating up girls and shit. Nobody wants that on them. Mayweather had that, but aside from that, and boxing in, in the hurt business, you know, they probably don't sit down so much and make sure your persona. We don't get you Tom Brady'd up, or we don't get you all LeBron'd up and looking shiny for the public. This is about kicking ass. You're gonna be ugly after the fight, regardless. So you know. That's my take on it, man. I don't think it's 100% racial at all. Also, Ward oh, needs to understand one more thing, that. One more thing. Real quick, so I'm sorry. 
What didn't Andre Ward get? Didn't he get that he deserved? Who the fuck Andre Ward beat? Kovalev won. What? Well, no, I don't want to disrespect him. I know he went through the Super Six and all of that. But it wasn't exactly. like that, like that. You know, it wasn't boy. like that, like that, dog. Straight up. Yeah. No, this I'm is the thing you. with Ward, too. Also, boxing, one thing that's very big in boxing is when you when you pull off something like a big victory or like a, you know, like uh, an upset, you know, just, you know, something big, you have to be able to capitalize on it, you know, off the buzz. Ward, because of his layoffs, you know, whether it was contractual, injuries, whatever, you know, you can, it's hard to market somebody. It's hard to build somebody when they're not fighting, you know? And he took three three or four layoffs, you know? He won the Super Six. He didn't want to fight Butte. You know, at the time, I defended him, you know? I was like, hey, Butte ain't fighting nobody, you know? Butte wants to sneak in the back door. Nah, let's not do that. But then you see what Froch did. Froch loses to Ward, fights Butte, and beats up Butte, takes his title, and ends up using that to get those two big fights with Groves and makes a lot of money. You know what I mean? He capitalized on that when Ward could have done the same. You know what I mean? And I was sitting back later like, yeah, man, he probably should have just took the fight. Even though it was like, yeah, Butte, you know, was trying to, you know, take the easy route, you know. But, look, he wasn't shit just like I thought he was. You could have done that and then capitalized on that and had all the belts. You would have been undisputed at that point and then been able to – you've been sitting at top of the world, been able to call shots, do whatever you want. Everybody's like, wow, you know. So some of it was his own decision-making and some of it was his uh, layoffs and – he was just never able, able to capitalize on any of his big wins. You know, even the Kovalev thing, right? First fight, controversial, comes back, smashes him, right? Retires. Okay, I get it. Maybe you don't want to fight no more and this and that, whatever, whatever the reasoning. But that would have been a good time to, you know, p- get another big fight in with somebody, you know? Get the Ward, Canelo never fight. been able to ca- – you know, something. You know, it's just like he never was able to capitalize on his big wins, man. And so, like, he had buzz, and then it fizzled out. And then he would get buzz again, it would fizzle out. Then you get buzz again, fizzle out, man. You got to keep working. You got to keep grinding, you know. And Ward just, you know, some of the reasons he couldn't control, but some of them he could. He could. He just was never able to capitalize on the buzz he, he would get. No, I, I agree with you 100%. You know, me being the ultimate – Andre Ward fan, you know, a lot of – he did take a lot of layoffs, took that, what, year and a half, two-year layoff, uh, arguing with with Bob, I believe, and then he got hurt, came back, yeah. And then, you know, he's also wasn't – like JP said, he also wasn't knocking people out, man. So, like MCH said in Usam, I think it was I, – I, I like what Andre said. I hear what he's saying. I sort of agree with him with the double standard – but at the same time, you know, he might be pushing his agenda onto Shakur Stevenson and these guys, man. But real quick before we get into the last thing, I want to play Tim Bradley's um, story 
that he had to tell everybody on ESPN last night. A little heartfelt story. I don't know if he was – I didn't uh, – I wasn't really I, – I was listening. I wasn't watching. I was listening. So I don't know if he was really choking up, but it sounds like he was. He's uh did a good job acting if he wasn't. Man, let's uh, check out what Tim Bradley had to say about the situation going on in America. I want to share a story with you folks, something that had a year ago, happened a year ago with my four-year-old son. And I think I, you guys need to hear this. We were getting ready for school. It was early in the morning. Went outside, and I asked my son, which car you want to drive today? Which car you want to go in? It was a car that I had been fixing for a little while. I haven't driven it in about three years. And I knew he was going to say that car, but I was a little skeptical to get in that car because I knew the type of tension that that car can bring. I got in anyway because I wanted to see the smile on my son's face. We're getting halfway to school. Next thing you know, I hear whoop, whoop. I look in my rearview mirror, and what do I see? Not one, not two, but four officers behind me. I turned around, and I looked at my son. My heart was pumping 100 miles an hour. And I told my son, look at me. Do exactly what I tell you to do right now. Don't say anything at all. Keep your hands up high. Okay? He said, okay, Dad. Well, anyways, I didn't get apprehended once they figured out who I was. And as we continued to drive, my son asked me, Dad, why did they pull us over? And I said, son, they pulled us over because of the color of our skin and the type of car that we're driving. I said, that's the truth, son. And I said, let me tell you something that my dad told me 30 years ago. He told me that because of the color of your skin, son, because of the color of your skin, you already have a strike already on you. And I told my son that at four years old, and I said, you might not get it now, but you will get it later. And my father shared that with me 30 years ago. And I just shared that with my son about a year ago. Oh, man. That, bring, that brings a little tear to my being the father of a son, uh, a black kid out here. You know, I understand where he's coming from. I don't know if at four years old. Garbage. I'm telling my son. <laughs> I don't know. At four years old, I'm telling my son, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm going that deep. Put at four years old. Say that again. That's some bullshit. Tell you, I'm not telling my goddamn son to put his hands up and listen. I'm not even going to put that on him like that. I'm not doing that, dog. That's irresponsible. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm not at four years old, man. But, you know, I, I get the gist of what he was saying, man. It, it, it can get real serious out there. But, yeah, at four years old, I ain't, you know, now his son's scared of the police forever. And you shouldn't, you know, hopefully you shouldn't have to be that scared of the police. But as we – Seen last couple last, I guess not last week, the week before last. That you know they'll take you out in a second, man. But you know I appreciate it, Tim Bradley's story. You know everybody considers Tim Bradley as one of those uh, straight laced guys, even a, even a cornball brother, like uh, some people would call Tim Bradley. But he was just letting us know that not only does he have multiple cars, he put that little flex in on us. That you know he tells his son, wakes up, asks him what kind, what car he wants to ride in. But he has the, you know, he goes through the same thing. Oh, he was thing humble bragging, huh? 
<laughs> yeah, he did a little flex on there. Hey, which car, which car you want to drive? But uh, you know that story. I, I heard that. Uh, I heard that, and I ain't gonna lie. You know, I, I got a little teary just thinking about the situation with my son. Just putting myself in that situation. Not my four year old son, but my seven, soon to be eight year old son. And uh, you know, he saw he was with my dad last weekend or last week and saw what happened to George uh, George Floyd. And he's been asking a lot of questions, man. So that sort of that sort of hit home. Um, and I think uh, Tim Bradley did a good job. I don't know, you know, I don't know if the story was true because you know his voice was trembling. It seemed like he was going out for a part. But even if it wasn't true, he did a good job of. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you guys are crazy. Now you're now you're questioning the validity of the story. <laughs> I don't know if it was real because like JP said. Four years old, you're not putting that. You're not putting that on your son at four years old. Put your hands up. You know, that's gonna that might that's scarring for the rest of his life, man. You just say, hey, man. You know, I would man, think I probably like, added hey, a little man. salt and pepper to it. You know, I ain't gonna lie. When I, heard this, when I heard you playing it, when you, when, I, when I heard you playing it, I, I who who's an idiot? Uh, Bradley. Uh, obviously, you could tell how Andre Ward treat him. Andre, just be like, man, shut up. Let me say what needs to be said here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, but I so hey, I go lie though. When I did hear the part where he said, he said I turned around and I told him, do what I say. Put your hands up. I was like, yeah, he probably added some salt and pepper to that to the story. You know, Extra. it probably happened. It probably happened, but that one part probably wasn't involved. He just wanted to add to it for whatever reason, make it more dramatic, you know? And this is the thing. When you a black person in America, you don't need to do it because the shit is real, you know? All you got to do is just tell a story because we all have one, at least one, you know? Yeah. So I get what you're saying. That nigga but, extra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to go all the way in and say the story is fake, but I get what you're saying about the put your hands up part. Yeah, I don't know if it's fake or real, you know, but he did paint a he he painted a picture for he painted a great picture for me, man. Like I said, I got a little teary eyed just listening to it because I could see that happening. You know, like you said, we all have that story happening. It ain't happened with my son yet, but if it would to happen to your son, what would you know? What would you what would you do? MCH, Doctor MCH, what do you think about uh, what Tim Bradley had to say? Well, uh, I think I kind of agree with you guys. Uh, I think it was a little bit of a mistake to tell your son that, you know, he's got to strike against him because of the color of his skin at such a young age. I have a son, you know, that'll be turning four as well on Saturday. And, uh, you know, every, like, you know, like Sam just said, every African-American man, every black man knows, has a story, knows what it's like, multiple stories, multiple stories. Every time those, every time you see those lights behind you, the feeling that goes through you, is something that is uh, hard to capture in words. Um, not only just the feeling that you're in danger, but uh, the feeling that you're almost an alien, or you know, you know, some kind of way you're different. And uh, you know, so yeah, that that does uh, that's definitely real. And I definitely, um, you know, want to take 
Bradley at his word on that. You know, I, I, I feel that. You know what I'm saying? His feelings. I'm sure, you know, he was probably very scared. Four police cars behind him, you know. You know, uh, that's no joke. I've been in some pretty tricky situations myself. So, uh, you know, I think that it's definitely real and um, something that needs to be stated more. You know, the average population needs to hear more about this. There are, you know, when you listen to the news and you, you listen to hear certain people speak, you can see how far removed the way they are from the reality of, of what it's like for African Americans and their interactions with police. And um, it's something that I've heard lately that, you know, you have to be willfully ignorant these days. There's so much information out there that you have to be willfully ignorant. And um, I just hope that, you know, this time of change, we'll talk a little bit more about it. I'm looking forward to that. This time of change will be good for awareness for everybody. Yeah, most. Yeah, I most just want to say for the record, y'all, and like my man uh, MCH has uh, just said, willfully, willfully, willfully ignorant or willfully um, not willing to learn. Look, man, we got to. That's a pass we've given far too long. They know. They know how it is for us. Why they weaponize the cops against us if they, if they don't know? They know we're nice people. They know we're smart. They know we're caring, loving, all that stuff, and they know the cops kick our ass. They know it. If they didn't know it, this Karen law wouldn't be. Amy Cooper law wouldn't be a legislation. They fucking know. We ain't giving no passes on that stuff no more. They know. I feel you. The only thing I don't know. And forget the lights being, hey, and forget the lights being pulled up behind me. I know when I'm going one way and the, and the police car is going the other way, and it passes me, I'm looking at my mirrors every time. Even oh, yeah. now that I'm older, where it's like iconic, you know, I, like when you're younger, you're like, well, you're young, you know. Sometimes, you know, you're rolling deep in the car and all that, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And all that. Now, by myself or whatever, older, you know, still doing the same thing. And you, and you question yourself then, you're like, why am I still doing this when I know in reality I'm doing nothing wrong? I haven't been doing nothing wrong, and I don't plan on doing nothing wrong. That's the issue. Yeah. No, I feel you. Every time I see the police, I get anxiety. Like, I, you know, I feel like I got weed on me, but I know I ain't got none. But, hey, you know, that's how it is, man, but. Let's go ahead and get to this last topic, man. Uh, before we get to that, I just want to say there is a fight coming on ESPN. Jesse Magdaleno um, is going up to junior lightweight to fight Yenafil Vicente. Uh, Jesse Magdaleno is 27-1. and one. I think he was at one time the uh, the light – he was a one-time lightweight champion. I think he lost to Dogbo when Dogbo – yeah, looking at it now. Yeah, he was the WBO – Oh, no, he was WBO Super Bantamweight Champion, and he was the WBC United States Featherweight Champion. So he was a Bantamweight Champion, lost to Dogbo. That's when Dogbo was on his run, when we thought he was the real deal, before he got uh, beat up two times um, by uh, Navarrete. 
um, KO'd the last time. But, yeah, that fight's coming on Thursday, another fight uh, against with uh, another showcase fight. So not too much to talk about but the, about that, man. But last topic of the night, um, Eddie Hearn says uh, Joshua and Fury have agreed verbally on a two-fight deal. I think I got the uh, – Got the audio of what Sam sent. We'll listen to just a little of that, not the whole thing. And the question, you know, is this a good idea? Or not is a good idea. The question I was going to have for all of y'all after this is, uh, what should Wilder do? So let's listen a little bit of what Eddie Hearn had to say. The plan moving forward, the big fight that everybody's talking about, which is anti Joshua against Tyson Fury, that we're making great progress. Um, there's still a lot to overcome. You know, we're looking at obviously venues as well. Uh, dates for that fight. We have the Dillian White mandatory, which is due before that fight as well. But it's fair to say that both guys are in agreement now regarding the financial terms uh, for that fight. You know, we've been talking to uh, MTK and, and getting over that line. You know, we've given them the assurances that uh, from Anthony Joshua's side, that all the details that we've discussed in terms of the structure of the deal is approved from our side. And it is from Tyson Fury's as well. So I think we're in a good place. You know, I think it's fair to say that in principle, both guys have agreed to that fight, um, two fights. Um, but of course, a lot to overcome in the meantime, you know, with the Dillian White mandatories, a couple of minor details on the broadcasting situation as well. But we're moving in the right direction. And I'm very confident now that both guys, like I say, they've almost given their blessing for that fight to go ahead. The good news is you can, you know, talks on. So, yeah, you notice one name they didn't mention, Deontay Wilder. Uh, there's been talks about Deontay Wilder take, taking step-aside money. Uh, Fury said he wouldn't pay Wilder any step-aside money. Um, you know, we had dates. Coronavirus pushed everything back, so there isn't any official date of, on the Wilder Fury 3. Um, but that should be going on. Notice they also mentioned uh, – Oh man, what's my man's name? Um, oh, Dillian White. Also mentioned Dillian White. That's WBC mandatory. So, you know, there's about to go go to uh, the lot that has to happen before these fight. Uh, this fight would to, would happen. But the Joshua Fury fight, I think that's a big fight in the UK. Um, Tyson Fury, the traveling gypsy, like I, like we talked about. I guess um, not not last episode, but the episode before last, we talked about, you know, how Fury, we think that he's popular over in the UK, but when it comes to top 10 pay-per-views, he doesn't have, he doesn't have one, not even his fight against Klitschko and Anthony Joshua has like five out of the top 10. He has the the, the top three pay-per-views out there in the UK, man. So he's, you know, he's really deserving of all his money, but the Joshua Fury fight, I think it's going to be an excellent fight. <clears throat> um, you know, they say styles make fights. Um, maybe Anthony Joshua will be able to hold off Tyson Fury, be able to hold him off and, and beat him. I'm not sure about that, but I'm sure that'll be, you know, one of the biggest fights over there in the UK. Um, as far as Wilder, <clears throat> I'm not sure what to do if you're Wilder. You know, he's making spoken word videos right now. He, you know, he's making excuses about why he lost. Um, we don't know if they're true or not, but, you know, you got the glove. 
you got the item in the glove, you got water being being uh, spiked, and you got the the uniform. A lot of a lot of excuses made by Wilder. I don't know where his head at, where his head is right now, but I'm looking forward to him fighting. Um, if I was him, I'd go ahead and try to make this fight because you never know if if uh, Anthony Joshua will take the fight, man. So, MCH, man, uh, I know you uh, you heard Eddie Hearn talking about this uh, two-fight deal that they verbally agreed to. Um, if everything goes right, how do you see that fight going? And if you were Wilder, would you – what would you do? Would you take the step aside money and maybe fight the winner of that fight? Or would you still just go ahead and fight Tyson Fury straight up? Well, um, I think that Deontay Wilder is in a little bit of a precarious position in that the heavyweight division, the fans are moving past him. And, we talked about this last time we was able to speak. I think we spoke before the last Ortiz fight when Deontay Wilder was insinuating he didn't need boxing skills. All he needed to do was get in the ring and hit a guy, and he's going to win the fight. And he had just hit Tyson Fury with every punch he could possibly hit him with, and the man got up. So instead of him saying, this man took everything I had and got up, he's been sick and on drugs, Maybe I need to get my boxing skills together. He thought, I knocked him down, I'm going to do it again. So uh, I think that Deontay Wilder at the highest level right now is kind of been shut down. Uh, the boxing world has kind of moved past him. He got embarrassed when he fought Tyson Fury. Totally knocked out, going, you know, calling him, you know, Definitely the hardest-hitting heavyweight in history. Uh, talking about what he was going to do to Joshua, calling Joshua a coward and all this and that. To go in there and get dominated the way he did. To say the things he said about uh, Tyson Fury and uh, then to go in there and get viciously knocked out like that. He He doesn't look like there's... There's much there to build on at the moment. After the excuses that he made, uh, scapegoating his corner, uh, scapegoating, I think the gentleman's name is Mark Davis. Is that that right? Scapegoating the gentleman. Uh, giving the kudos to D's, to, J, to uh, JD's, I think is the guy's name. That guy is, is a goofball to me, man. Uh, who, you know, who criticized the other trainer for stopping the fight. Like, let me say this, my man. Let me say this real quick. For Deontay Wilder to say he should have let me die in the ring is the dumbest, most foolish thing he could possibly say, man. The promoters, the other boxers, the network cannot afford to let Deontay Wilder die in their ring. The sport itself cannot afford to let Deontay Wilder die in that ring just because he can't handle the embarrassment of losing because he can't handle the embarrassment of getting beat by a better man. The sport cannot take that. Letting him die in the ring, his family, that's a very selfish, foolish thing to say. So I think Deontay Wilder right now is totally out of it. I don't think that he has much of a choice other than to take the fight 
with Tyson Fury. Um, I think he is just back to having a puncher's chance, which at this point really is not much of a chance. Going back in the same way with the exact same team, uh, I think it's going to be another recipe for disaster. Um, I think Deontay Wilder is going to, if he fights Tyson Fury again, which I think is going to happen, I think he's going to lose again. And uh, he's going to have to go all the way back down to the bottom and rebuild himself. I think uh, Tyson Fury is the man. I think Tyson Fury is going to dominate Anthony Joshua. I think he's going to solidify himself as the number one heavyweight of this era. We also said another thing last time we talked that uh, I don't know what you thought of it, but uh, I was saying that for for the longest time, now, there's no doubt that in my eyes, the United States has had some of the most skilled, has had the most skilled boxers in boxing history. They've pretty much come from America. The heart of boxing has pretty much been in America. Now, boxing wasn't invented in England. People say that all the time, like boxing was invented in Europe and all that, and that's not true. Uh, Socrates was talking about boxing way back in those times. Those were biblical times we're talking about. Socrates was talking boxing. So boxing did not begin in England. So the point I'm trying to make is the heart of boxing, the soul of boxing has been in the United States for a very long time. And lately, with some of the European fighters, and the zone has been more of a European-type network and European-type promotion that sort of brought that here to the shores they are sort of kind of stealing some of the United States shine as far as boxing being the, you know, the biggest, brightest talent and the biggest, brightest showcases coming out of America. I, I kind of mentioned that. And this is sort of another uh, brick in that wall for me. If that, you know, this fight getting made, Deontay Wilder, he was a, an American heavyweight. We haven't had one in a very long time. He was dominant. And he was totally dominated. And now Tyson Fury is a transcendent world star heavyweight. And he has now made the, one of the biggest heavyweight fights in our generation with Anthony Joshua. And it is going to be huge probably because, it's, you know, it might be staged over there. You know, there's some talk it might be in Abu Dhabi. But they are going to go – you're – Europe is going to go crazy over this fight. The world is going to go crazy over this fight. And we have to be careful if we don't lose the mantle of, you know, being the number one nation for boxing. Well, yeah, man, if you look at the Ring magazine, just uh, pound for pound listening, just pulling up once, there's only two Americans. That's Crawford and Spence. There's, you know, you say European, but there's Eastern. They're, they're all Eastern European, which is like Russians. And there's four of those guys: Lomachenko. I don't know why Golovkin is in this list. So that might have just proved this list is trash. I don't know how Golovkin is number seven. Well, he only has one loss, I guess. So, so and then uh, Usyk and Better Be Man. But yeah, Eastern Europeans is on the rise. But I don't. But that's their top four guys are on the top, but when it comes to the the beef and potatoes of boxing, you still got I think Americans still run the game, especially in the in the smaller divisions. When it comes to the heavyweight divisions and, you know, the cruiserweight division, those guys our top athletes are playing football and basketball. 
So, you know, uh, I hear what you're saying. When it comes to the big-name guys, I think they, you know, the Eastern Europeans got a lot at the top. You know, they might be have the cream of the crop. But when it comes down to just the whole crop, I think, you know, Americans are still coming up. And then especially with these young guys coming up, uh, they're all American. Every guy we talked about, even Virgil Ortiz is, is American. Uh, Haiti, uh, uh, Tiafimo, um uh, Shakur Stevenson, um, yeah, they're all they're all American. So I think you know they they have their time right now, but in the next five years, those, uh, all those guys will be gone, and um, you know we'll be back on top, man. Uh, Sean, you're the one that brought this brought this to our attention this morning, man. So what are your thoughts on Eddie Hearn and this two fight deal? And if you're Wilder, what what would you do? Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I brought it to you guys because I was, you know, I, I should have mentioned after, which uh, which was the big question to me at the time was, so does this mean Wilder's taking step-aside money and he's not going to fight him next? I'm not sure. It wasn't really clear in that video uh, what was going on. I know he's mentioned something about a deal in Wilder. Mandatory, you know. In most cases, I would uh, be defending Dillian White for not getting his uh, uh, title shot for. It's been a while since he's got a. He's been waiting for about I think three four years, but you know, man, he's a cheat and he got and they covered it up. So I'm not going to feel sorry for him. But uh, when it comes to Wilder, you know, I, I, I'm i basically right in line with what Michael was saying. I've been mentioning it for a while, which is, uh, you, know, you know, Wilder, even in fights he, that he's won, he, he, he tends to come up with reasons why he didn't dominate or he didn't knock the guy out or this and that, you know, uh, uh, why it wasn't easy and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, it's okay, man. Like, it's okay to it's okay to give credit to your opponent, you know? It's like, I remember he said he was sick against Ortiz the first time. Um, Fury, he broke his arm the first time. And then this fight, you know, it was uh, the costume, spike drink, uh, metal, uh, you said something, you know, like this metal object or something, and then People are bringing up the whole glove thing, and it's like, and look, look, like I always say, man, yeah, there was videos of him, you know, a video of his left glove looking kind of loose and everything, but majority of the videos I saw <laughs> were coming from the first fight, and people were trying to, it's like, lump it into the second fight, and it's like, and also, it's like the fight, and, you know, where the biggest shot happened was a right hand. So I didn't see no right hand flat. It just, I don't know. It just, to me, it's like, I I truly believe that if, okay, if, if, if Fury was cheating, then it'll all get cleaned up in a rematch. You know, it'll all be on the up and up while they were going there and he'll take care of business, you know? And, but when you come out with all this, when you come up with one thing after another, it almost seems like you're trying to pump yourself up to tell yourself you're going to win the fight. 
and this is why you lost the first the first fight or the last fight. And it's like it just makes me feel like you, you're not confident and you're insecure, and people around you are not telling you the things you need to hear. You know, they t- they're telling you they're telling you what you want to hear, and that's the wrong way to go because, I mean. You know, cheating or not, whatever you want to call it, he got whooped in that fight. There was not really much of a competitive fight at all. I mean, the first couple of rounds were okay, but you'd probably say Fury, you know, won them both still. And then after that, it was a beatdown. You know, and you know what's what's funny about that fight is, okay, Joshua loses to Ruiz. First two rounds, kind of back and forth, you know, kind of, you know, could go either way. Nobody's really dominating. All of a sudden, third round comes, shot gets landed on the temple. Changes the whole fight. AJ never has his legs again. Just never the same, right? Wilder comes out and clowns AJ about it, right? Uh, For losing and all that stuff. The fight actually played out to a T, the similar type way. First two rounds, kind of, you know, back and forth, you know, like nobody really taking over. All of a sudden, Fury lands that right hand on the temple. Wilder's never the same. Legs is never the same. Can't recover. So he essentially, and then they both got stopped in the seventh round. So it's just crazy how that works, man, where Wilder, you know, shames AJ for losing to Ruiz and the way he lost. But then Wilder ends up losing in a very similar way. It's crazy how things work sometimes. But, you know, I think he should take a fight, maybe even two in between, try to go back in there, you know, right that wrong if he can, let those guys go at it, and then – uh you know, build the fight for, you know, whoever. Because if AJ wins, let Wilder fight AJ. You know, but I just think that going into this fight where you got a guy that in the first fight went in there, tried to box you and everything, in my opinion, won the fight, but the knockdowns, I get it, whatever, draw. But now he knows he can hurt you because he did it in the second fight and stopped you. You're fighting a hot, uphill battle because at first it was, yeah, he could box better than me, but I can hurt him. You know, he can't hurt me. Now the guy that's better than you as far as technically smarter in the ring, more experienced in ring IQ, now he knows he can hurt you. To me, that's like, man, that's like, that's almost lower than a puncher's chance, bro. Because one thing about Fury, man, you can say whatever you want about Fury. You pretty much got to kill that man to beat him, bro. Because we know you can drop him. He's still going to get up. So I just think the people around Wilder, Wilder himself, they need to just be honest with the situation and really think about it. Do we really want to do an immediate rematch with Tyson Fury? Because this can be a, you know, you know me, I'm big on retiring. You know, you know, if you can't be the best, you might as well retire. You got the bank, the money in the bank. So 
This might be a retirement uh, one here if he can't pull it off in the third fight. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it'll be a retirement. I mean, he is what is he thirty six or something like that. I mean, if he can't if he can't pull this off, you know, I don't know if he'll be able to start all the way back over. But with only you know two losses with the heavyweight division where it is, he could still probably get that Joshua fight if he loses, but it won't be the same. It won't be the same type of money. And I think, you know, that would, he's a very confident guy. And what makes Wilder Wilder is, is his confidence. And losing twice, the way he got beat up, you know, it's, it's pretty bad, man. You know, the, the longer I think about it, the more, you know, I'm with you guys. I don't know if he really has a, a chance. But I still – I still ride with Wilder. I'm still bomb squad. JP, man, what do you think about, you know, Eddie Hearn talking about this two-fight agreement with Joshua and uh, with Joshua Fury? And if you were Wilder, what what would you do? Would you take step aside money or do you just go in there and, and fight him? If I'm Wilder, I take step aside money. <clears throat> I get back to that drawing board that I think everybody touched on. Uh, we all thought coming out of the first fight, Wilder would say, wow, I probably need to have higher volume. I need to jab. I need to win some rounds. You know, most importantly, like, you know, the guy just doesn't win any rounds. <clears throat> so we thought he would do that. But instead, like my man said earlier, he just said, I'm going to knock you out again. Um, and then some things were revealed, like Wilder doesn't do very much road work. Initially, I was very upset when I learned that about Wilder, that he he doesn't win at all. Initially, I was upset about it, but then I thought to myself, man, if Wilder were actually putting in that road work, could he even make heavyweight? So, you know, I don't know. But um, I would take that step aside, money. Um, I'd get back to that drawing board like a mug. Now, I'm not sure what happened with him in Breland. I don't know if he completely uh, kind of severed ties with Breland. If that's the case, needs to pick somebody, you know, who can get that work rate up and who can get them fundamentally sound and, you know, and we can all throw some names in the hat and who that person should be. But he needs to get back to the drawing board. On the business side of that, of course, you get that free check. You take some time off, man, and you, you just disappear for a while. And this is what movie stars do. You know, Tom Cruise makes a movie, you don't fucking see him for years. You know, that's how Brad Pitt make a movie, I'm out of there. You know what I mean? Then, so he, that's how you keep your mystique about yourself. And so Wilder needs, and he has such a lure and a mystique with that legendary punching power. I think right now he needs to just fall off the radar, man. Go take some trips with that broad who probably caused you to lose this shit that you was parading all over Las Vegas. Now's the time to parade her ass around, Deontay. Now's the time. You know, it wasn't the time then. Um, go 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 have some fun. Uh, get you a, a tune up. Knock someone out spectacularly. In, in between this time, we're talking a year and a half. Um, Fury may have have gone on and and beat up Andre Joshua, so he'd only be more of a god at that point. And now Deontay Wilder can go blast some other guy's head off, and then the third fight can be made, and it'll be bigger and better than ever in my estimation. So take that step aside and get back to that drawing board. You know, go hang out with that that girl that you like so much. 
Man, first of all, I think that's his fiance. And second of all, it seems like every other show, you're either hot or cold on Deontay Wilder. The last show, you was pro Deontay Wilder. This show, you know, he needs to go back to the drawing board. You know, what is it? I thought you believed that his, his water was tampered with, that his water was spiked. So if you believe that, and if you believe... Uh, you know, man, the, I, I always allow myself cheating. that liberty. You guys, y'all seem to be the one that want to consign me on how I'm able to change my mind <laughs> weekly. I don't know why you guys want to make bounds for what the hell I'm able to do. I'm, I like to <laughs> afford myself liberties to change my mind. But because you week. do it with us. So we do, hey, I just give it back to you. If you believe something was wrong with the gloves, if you believe that his drink was spiked, why don't you believe he could be fury if everything's on the up and up? Oh, well, now the gloves, I, I, so let's make the distinction here. Never said the gloves were the reason, you know, said that the, the gloves are obviously fucking there it's impossible for them to have done what they did. That's obvious. I don't think that changed the fight though. I don't think it, you know, in any other way or whether it was you know, I don't think that changed what was happening. It possibly could have, I don't I don't know. But I've never went out on that limb and said if those gloves hadn't been tampered with, he would have won. Never said that. Um that doesn't mean that I don't hold account of theory accountable for having some bullshit ass gloves and cheating. That's two separate things. Now, I did say I was really out on Wilder because I felt like it's training, the, the not running, and then the mindset, what made me even more mad. Dude, you're going to go back in there thinking you're just going to not win no fucking rounds and throw no jabs and just win the fight? You're going to do that? See, that's when you disrespect me as a fan. So I have that. I don't know if y'all just have undying love or I guess once you drop your anchor and you say I'm a fan of a guy, you just can't change no more. No, me, I'll change on your ass. My fandom, I pay for, you know, you, and not everyone keeps to get getting my dollar. I do what the hell I want to with it. So if you nah, say my, if No, I agree with you. I mean, my pro- hey, look, look, man, I look at it like the Breland thing. Like, you blaming Breland, right, for – Stepping, you're not. I mean, it would be different if he like he blamed Breland for, uh, and got rid of him because, you know what, we had a game plan it just didn't work, and I lost. Right? The guy is condemning the guy for basically saving his life, you know, and essentially guaranteeing him a career moving forward. And then another thing is. Theory showed, you know, like, Theory did what he said he was going to do, which is back him up. And we saw, we already knew he was limited, so he's even more limited on the back foot, right? The guy that would actually be able to help you and teach you how to fight going backwards when you're tall and long and rangy is a guy like Mark Breland. But you're... You're shaming the man for doing the right thing. So that's why I say, who is in his ear? Do they actually care about the man? Are they telling him the right things? Because Breland did nothing wrong. And Breland can help you. Because, like I told you, Theory's confident now. Theory's looking at it like, you know what? 
we're going to come at you for reason number one. It's going to take some steam off that power because you're going to be on your back foot. Number two, you can't fight going off your back foot. And I just stopped you doing it. So Fury's going to come back at him even harder. So now Wilder has to come with the ability to fight going backwards, you know, to be able to make Fury uncomfortable to come forward and show him different looks, to use that jab. Brilliant would be a perfect guy to show him how to do it. But it doesn't look like Wilder want to listen because he stopped the fight. How foolish is that? Sometimes people need to get humbled, man. I hate to say it. You know? It seemed like the first time didn't work. Well, we going to see. I was just wondering because JP was pro-Wilder just like one week ago. Now he said he's had enough of them. The next week he's going to change his mind again. So I don't we'll know. See how it goes. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. You don't know. I'm on the fence with this nigga right now. He be doing some shit I like and a lot of shit I don't like. So I'm on the fence with this nigga, man. I don't know. I truly don't know how I feel about him. I don't know. Next week he's going to post a picture of him in in the Wilder costume with the LED lights. The LED lights, man. Somebody's eyes hurt, man. See? But, yeah. That's one of the things I don't like. The fuck you come with LED lights to a fight for in your eyes? Yeah. Who knows, man? Trying to make that money, man. Trying to get the people what they want. Trying to get the people what they want, man. But uh, I think that's exactly what we did today. Gave the people what they wanted, man. Uh, we've been out here for a while. So before we end it, want to see if there's anything else y'all want to talk about. MCH, you got anything before we get out of here? Dr. MCH, I'm sorry. No, no I just want to say, uh, you know, it's always a pleasure talking to the OPD family. Uh Great to be back. One more thing I did want to add about the George Floyd thing, man. Uh, this is just just me. I just wanted to say this. Two things that we need. I think we need to get uh, – it must be easier for police to be charged for murder, you know, at least second-degree murder. It must be where protections they're getting as police officers. Those need to be taken away. They need to be charged for crimes just as easily as you or me. The second thing I need, I would like to see, is that all police officers have four-year degrees. I, I talk to police officers all the time. I've been in school all my life, and I don't have the power of life and death. And police officers don't even go – a lot of police officers don't even go to college. So uh, every police officer must have a four-year degree, four degree, and whatever um, whatever protections they're getting that makes them different from us, they need to be charged just the same as us. And uh, with that being said, I'm looking forward to a great evening of boxing tomorrow evening, and I can't wait to talk about it. Most definitely, most definitely. I'm with you on that 100%. I think I read that police uh, barber shops, barbers have to take more hours than uh, police. Now, I don't know. That was on the Internet, so that could be wrong. But, you know, I think I read that shit. So who knows, man? Uh, Sam, you got anything before we get out of here? Nah, I ain't got nothing, man. Just, uh, just can't wait for, you know, boxing to pick up even more and we can start getting back to uh, – some of the big fights that we were looking forward to before the pandemic happened. Yeah, I think I had the boxing schedule up. I'm looking at it. There's nothing nothing going on. Joshua Greer, Mike Polini next Tuesday. Uh, Pedraza is fighting some guy, Mikhail Lesprier, Joshua Pulev. 
uh, Navarrete versus Lopez, Du Bois versus Joyce. Now that that's a good fight. Uh, July Saturday, July 11th, Du Bois versus Joyce. Two of those UK brothers going at it, up and coming guys. I think both of those guys. I think Du Bois is like 20 something years old. Joyce is a little older. Like I think Du Bois is like 22. So that's a good one. Uh, White Povetkin. So it's looking like uh, you know it's no real big fights. The biggest, the best fight, I guess. And the next that's uh, scheduled is that the boys versus uh, Joyce fight over there in the UK on uh, on probably the zone. So we'll see how it goes, man. Uh, JP, anything before we get out of here? To your boy Ryan Garcia, Ryan Garcia, clown ass, uh, being a clown and pretty much exposing that he's broke and disgruntled, and you know. He's relying on them followers heavily, which don't mean shit. Oh, more Ryan Garcia. Damn, JP count somebody's pockets? Yeah, JP. Uh, Gravante uh, Davis counted his pockets. Gravante counted, but that's that's another man. But um, if I'm if I'm asked for two things, I'd like it's simple for me, and and this one for me will solve a lot of things. Uh, give me a third of the police force in urban areas to be minorities, at least a third, man. And I'm not even asking for half, but give us a, you can't have people with no experience with the people trying to manage them and, um, you know, do police work in the hoods. So give me a third and give me some, um, some information about these uh, immunizations, information to be more, um, clear for, for, for just normal civilians to see and just better education in, in inner city schools, man. Definitely. So let, let me get those things. That's all. Psychological. All right, man. Yeah. I'm with y'all on everything y'all just said. Uh, I don't, I don't know where JP's going with the immunization, uh, the immunizations. I don't know if he thinks that's got anything to do with it. But uh, <laughs> hey, if we asking for well, dude, if you don't know when they take your baby from you when you first have it, they go inject it with shit, dog. I'd be wanting to know what all these shots are, bro. So if you ain't worried about all these shots your kids get, and we got ADHD um, rates going through the roof, especially in the black community, what you shooting in my kid all the time? So that's what I'm talking. Yeah, about. I don't. Oh no, yeah, no. I mean that's good that you specify now, but you just. You, it was very generic when you first said it. You oh, just said sorry, immunization. Okay. Y'all should have yeah, we talked about in. George Floyd. You talking about immunizations. I thought you was putting two and two <laughs> together, man. But, yeah, I want to uh, thank you guys for coming on. Thank my, thank the Dr. MCH coming on, man. Hopefully we can get them on more. My boys. pleasure. Of course, that boy Seattle sign, JP, RC, and D for the A4. Uh, Four three man, um, but yeah, we're gonna end it. Combat about Wilder man, but he did a little spoken word, and uh, you know we were talking about George Floyd to end the show. So I'll let uh, I'll let Deontay Wilder close us out. To this day, as if four hundred years of slavery wasn't enough. From the womb, as a black man, we was born to be tough. Lynched, whipped, burned was the thing of the past. But to this day, jailed, raped, gunned. How long will it last? As if Malcolm X and MLK wasn't a must. As Eric Garner, Breonna Taylor, Trayvon Martin all died from, well, 
just being us. Dark like molasses, black like the night. United we stand, together we fight. Fighting for Ahmaud Arbery and all of the others. Tell me why y'all killing all our sisters and brothers to this day? I don't remember a time when none of my people did anything to you people other than work hard and try to be equal. Now y'all mad at protesters and riots? We showed you nothing but peace. We done being quiet.